0: At Sif Pop. We're your movie friends. But are friends really friends if you don't know them? So grab a popcorn and head over to our row so we can share movies. Like friends do.
1: There's always room for more movie friends. So sit back, relax,
0: and enjoy the show. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the writer's room. Hello and welcome to Sif Pop Writer's Zoom. I'm your host Aaron, but not that Aaron, of course. And this week I'm joined by Sif Pop Writer's uh, Joseph. Uh,
1: Is this where I need to workshop my uh, play uh, Summer for Stalin?
0: Yes. Yeah, this is the place to be. Also joined by Sif Pop Writer John. Hey there. We wrap your pop.com to remove your views, best ever challenges and lots of other interesting movie related articles. So make sure to check out the website, dot pop.com to keep up with all that. Uh, Joseph does our weekly, uh, sorry, not weekly, monthly out of market articles, except for last month. Um, so, Cause I had to move. Yeah. That's all right though. Um, there are, um, always interesting to read. I really, uh, really appreciate that series. And uh, John, you may recognize from last month's uh, Writers' Room review roundup, talking with Robert and Nick about what uh, was it, Gran Turismo and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Blue Beetle and Meg Two. Meg Two, yeah, I already forgot about that movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think most and, people uh, did. Yeah, and uh, you talked about Strays, so yeah. yes, yes um, the other one, yeah um so that's uh, some stuff that we do for the site but on the podcast today uh we're gonna um uh we're gonna play a game of of wavelengths and then we'll uh move on to talking about um uh our two movies this week uh the producers and mary poppins returns now for um quick clarity we're talking about the 2005 nathan lane matthew broderick version of the producers not the original mel brooks version um, so the, mu- the, what I'm just now learning is a musical, uh, not learning that it's just a musical, but learning that the Mel Brooks one isn't. And this is so, um, uh, so that's the one that we'll be talking about in Mary Poppins returns, of course. Uh, and then for the B plot, we're going to do a fantasy cast of the producers. And I'm really interested to see where this goes because I'm, I've, I've given the guys instructions, um, that they can do whatever they would like. So, um, I have the roles and the, Whether they're choosing to adapt a film or to adapt it to put it on Broadway, to do a musical, to not do a musical, whatever their little hearts desire, um, they could do. So we might have some very different lists, um, which is exciting to me. Uh, And then uh, we'll wrap up with the spinoff. But first, let's get a chance to talk with um, uh, Joseph and uh john a little bit here um i forgot to put this in the notes but i've been trying to come up with like a relevant thing um that's been going on um in the like twitter sphere or whatever guys i'm super prepared for this episode um uh, i can tell yep can
2: definitely tell that
0: yes wasn't sure we normally talk about i think i had something in mind but i never wrote it down and I'm also tired. Um, it's the middle of a Sunday afternoon, so it's normally nap time. Anything, yeah. anything that you guys feel the need to say about the state of cinema?
1: Get this strike sorted. Exactly. Yeah. Besides that. The, the writers <laughs> design, deserve to be paid. And the actors. And the actors. yeah, And the VFX artists. For
0: sure. And uh, everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, let's... Let's move on. We can play our game wavelength. That's fine. Um, let's do that. So, um, if you're relatively new to the podcast or if this is your first time tuning in, here's the way that this game works. So, we normally do coming attractions, which is us previewing. Um, new release films that are coming out this week but because of the writer strike and the sag after strike we are um, postponing that until the strikes are resolved and then we can resume it just feels like if the actors and writers aren't supposed to be promoting their own work right now um, then we're not going to either and i know that there are unstruck properties at the moment but um, to be honest I don't have like the the time or knowledge or confidence to feel like I could pull that off right to talk about some things and not others so we're just not talking about any new release films at least in in terms of, like, previewing them and, you know, promoting them or whatnot. So um, we're just doing our, our thing. So instead of doing the Come Attractions, we're playing Wavelengths for a little bit. The way this game works is um, uh, two people will decide on a number that the third in here does not know. Um, and then the um, uh, the I will ask for – let's just say, for example, I'm the person that doesn't know the number. I will ask for a genre, and the number will be from 1, one to 10. And I will say, for example, give me an action movie that you would rate a that out of 10. Um, And then after I ask five genres, I have to guess the number. So that's the way the game works. It's nice and easy. Um, I have animation, sci-fi, action, comedy, and horror. That's going to be our five genres. Um, I, as tradition goes, I will go first. So Joseph and John, why don't you two decide on a number? Um, but, uh, normally we've been doing this on camera and I've closed my eyes, but John's camera's having trouble. So, uh, why don't you guys like send a quick message in Slack on private or something, decide on a number that you would like to pick one through 10, um, for me to try to guess, um, whatever film ranking you're going with. And then
1: let me know whenever you have a number. All right, Joe, do you want to pick? I'm about to shoot you a message. Okay. This is going to be fun because I'm really going to have to rack my brain for some of these. Mm Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, yeah, I'm going to struggle with that number. Uh, yeah, okay, Okay. there you go. Oh, okay. I like a challenge. So you yeah. two
0: have a number decided. I don't know, the audience doesn't know, so the audience gets to play a lot at home. So let's um, go ahead and uh, get this going. So why don't you two give me an example of a film that you think you would rate a that number out of 10. Let's let uh, let's start with a comedy. Mm, the
1: Big Lebowski. Okay, Movie super- I'm unrated. going to go with... This is probably going to throw Aaron way off. I'm going to go with Blazing Saddles. Okay,
0: I like them. Um, let's do let's do a sci-fi movie. Contact. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I'm watching that one. for the first time here in like two. Uh,
1: I-, I am such a nerd. I'm going to go with Star Trek: First Contact.
0: Oh, Contact! First Contact.
1: First Contact.
0: All right. Two movies I haven't seen. Okay, and I don't know how this started. Would- I know Contact at least has that one shot that I. Let's do let's do a horror one. I think this one might take a hot second, so let's do a horror one.
1: Uh yes. Especially because the fact that <laughs> horror is not my forte.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, it follows. Yeah, I like that movie. So we're, I'm, de- I'm definitely getting a sense we're on the positive side. Mm. Unless John just has a really bad taste. <laughs> at, least, at least really <laughs> different oh! taste. Okay. <laughs> right. Really different taste, let's say. Really,
1: really different taste. Oh, man. I I am definitely struggling because the fact that my horror knowledge is so poor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember one of the ones I wrote for Out of Market last year. Is I usually write one for uh, around Halloween or for October that's a little bit more horror themed. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the name of it. So I'm just going to go with Cabin in the Woods.
0: Okay. Yeah. Big fan. Let's
1: do an animation one.
0: Now I'm struggling. Um, mm-hmm. Finding Nemo. Okay.
1: Okay. This is tough because they have having the to think on the fly.
0: Mm hmm. And you also you like you want to pick something that feels true, but you don't really want to give it away, you know?
2: Yeah, yeah. That that's why, I, that's why I picked what I picked.
0: Yep. I mean, Finding Nemo is to some people a ten out of ten. I I really have a hard time believing anybody would have that at, like both. So
1: I'm going, I'm pulling this one from uh out of market uh the Summit of the Gods
0: in an action movie.
1: Oh man, I'm strong. um I'm gonna go with Rambo First Blood Part Two. That's so intriguing.
0: Alien Three. Oh my God. Mm. Nobody likes that movie. <laughs> that really threw me for a loop because I was totally ready to guess. Like, are you serious? There's not a chance. Look, I like Rambo: First Blood Part Two as well, right? But like, I, I don't know about it as well. I don't know, but I like Rambo: First Blood Part Two. But the, uh, the same tier finished. as Alien Three. I was both of those on the same level as Finding Nebo and The Cabin in the Woods. I'm I'm thinking both of you just threw those in there as like a
1: To be fair, I'm struggling when it comes to horror movies.
0: No, but I'm saying I'm thinking like you guys threw in Rainbow 2 or Alien 3 to be like, hey, nobody likes that movie, but I do. John. You know what? I I don't want to give it away. I think I have to go for this. Um, Let's go with an 8. Is it an 8?
1: Close. Close. Yep. 7.
0: 7. Okay. I was like, there's no way that it's lower than a 7. Yeah. But I can't yeah. see anybody having Alien 3 at a night. Now, granted, I also haven't seen <laughs> Alien 3, but there's a reason, you know? I mean, John has it, his taste. I thought it had its moments. Okay, that's fair. Like, I I don't think I'll check it out, but
2: uh, like. It, it's made to look bad by comparison to the other two, or the, the two that preceded it, rather. True. Sure. But. Honestly, I think it has moments.
0: Well, I'm also like, I'm a big fan of the Prometheus and Alien Covenant. So like, maybe I would like Alien 3, you know? Uh, yeah, you probably would in that case. Um, I mean, I could... But nobody likes Resurrection, right?
1: I can't comment. I've not watched I it. I've, I I've heard it a once,
2: reputation. But... Yeah, I think I saw it once and I don't really remember it that well.
0: I mean, but it, like, it can't be as bad as Alien vs. Predator Requiem, right?
2: Again, I don't really remember that film, but <laughs> yeah, you're probably right,
1: actually. Definitely. I remember it not being very good.
0: All right, okay. Yeah. Well, I feel yeah, like mean, um, can
1: defend First Blood Part 2, because it's good, but it's nowhere yeah. near the level of First Blood.
0: Well, but it's also like, it's a totally different movie, right? First Blood is mm. a psychological thriller, right? And First Blood Part 2 is just an action movie, but yeah. it's awesome. Uh, but then Rainbow 3 is just terrible. But um, mm. All right, cool. I see it now. You know, I, again, Big Lebowski, like, people either love or hate that movie, and I'm like, it's fine. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. It's my, it's one of my least favorite Coen Brothers movies. I
1: still need to watch that.
0: <laughs> it's worth a watch. It's worth a, Yeah, it's worth a watch. I, and sure. I know
1: it's worth a watch, I just never have gotten around to it. And even, especially because of the fact that, after my move, I wasn't so sure about a rug, but then I really wanted to reference it, because I actually do think the rug really tied the room together. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea the context of that, but... <laughs> yep. Um, you'll,
0: that's a really fun, that's actually the, probably the best joke in the, world. um, okay. <laughs> the, everything with the rug. Um, so that's how wavelengths is played. Um, I, I'll take it. Sure. I will only one point off, especially with that list. You know, I'll take it. Um, would either of you like a chance to be the guesser?
1: I will go ahead and guess.
0: All right, John, I mean... you and I are going to decide on a number here real quick. Um, John, why don't you suggest a number and, uh, in Slack and we'll, uh,
2: okay. One second. We'll hey, why don't we, why don't we go ahead
1: and go in order? like we did last time, just the same order. Okay. Well, y'all just bait this. Sure. And check on yeah, fantasy, sure. Let's go with that. So. Okay. All right,
0: Joseph. Um, In the order of the genres?
1: Yeah, let's do the same order.
0: So we're starting off with comedy. Yeah. Um, Let's go with The Hangover Part 3. Strays. Okay. Okay. What do we do next? Horror, just to get out of the way? Or do we do sci-fi? We did sci-fi. We did sci-fi. Sci-fi.
1: So we have Hangover Part 3 and Strays for comedy. Mm-hmm. Sci-fi, right. Um...
0: Oh, um, Solo. Okay. And also, like, if you happen to agree with a rating, you're definitely welcome to double down. Um, And just be like, sure, I agree with that. You don't yeah, have I'll go with Solo. Unique...
1: Okay, so Solo right, time. So Solo for sci-fi. Okay, now we have horror. Horror movie? Yeah. Don't breathe.
0: Mm-hmm. It's not really going to matter, Joseph nice. Um
1: I mean, I might know it. This odds are good i probably have not seen it
0: yeah uh let's do halloween four
1: wait which halloween four <laughs> the, the return, return of michael myers oh there's more than one halloween four <laughs> I, the, the amount uh, of I death really times so. of, of halloween well there's halloween, halloween and then this
0: direct sequel <laughs> oh, and then yes, there's the one anthology way. one right and then there's those three right and then um yeah th- Three was
2: where they wanted to do like standalone things. Yeah. Isn't it? And then four was yeah. the one where they brought back Michael Myers, wasn't it? I right. Remember.
0: And then so there's four, five, and six that are all together. Yeah. And then, but then they do like a redo. So it was like H2O. So technically a Halloween Resurrection would also be a, a, well, a fourth Michael Myers one. So H2O could be a fourth one um because it like reset that anyway um or you could also say that the most recent halloween uh ends could be the fourth one because it was the direct because the original anyway um uh, john John answered
1: what did john say uh don't breathe don't breathe breathe. okay so horrors don't breathe and return of michael myers yep sci-fi is solo and comedy is strays and hangover part three
0: yep uh animation Cause two. Oh boy, I disagree with that. Um...
1: So th- this is either low or surprisingly high. <laughs> um,
0: I'll go a light year. Okay.
2: I think I disagree with that. <laughs>
0: I feel like that's probably not actually thing. my
1: rating, but that's what I'm feeling like.
0: Yeah, no, I, I'll go with that.
1: for uh, bad so as I'm, I'm really now sitting here thinking, he's like, is he saying that because he thinks it's so much better? Or is he saying that because he's like, what are you talking about? Uh, so an action movie, then.
0: I will pick Captain Do the Rocky films count as action? Sure.
1: Yeah. Sure. Okay, uh, Rocky
0: Four. Disagree with that again.
1: <laughs> All right, Joseph, what's your guess? I thought I had something in the animation round, and then you both disagreed with each other's picks.
0: Yep. Go with your gut. What do you think the number we decided on? I'm going to be
1: way off, and I'm going to guess four?
0: Wow! Spots on! Really? (laughs) Okay look John I agree with your assessment that Rocky 4 isn't a good movie but I love Rocky 4 <laughs> like, it, it's yeah, probably, it's, so it's, it's probably a four out of ten but it's it's the most watchable out of the Rocky franchise um, I don't know I, I kind of enjoy bits of Rocky 5 I, I oh, think, there's nothing enjoyable about Rocky five I think I would rather watch Rocky 5 than Rocky 4 oh I, I know hot take. Well, you also had Cars two at a four out of ten, and that should not be higher than a two. <laughs> I don't know. That's I, I just can't watch a Pixar
2: film something that low. It is I'll terrible. It. It's, it's got its Pixar sort yeah. of
0: moments, I think. Maybe yeah,
2: I, I haven't I, seen I thought, it in a long time. Actually,
0: I thought Lightyear was fine, but yeah, I just I haven't thought about that movie in a year. Like, yeah, that probably means four out of ten is okay.
2: So,
1: will John, rank Lightyear.
2: I'd say that's probably like a seven for me. I, I think I enjoyed most of it. I would I need to watch in- it again to be sure. I though. think I
1: initially gave yeah. it a seven, but then I lowered
0: it. I feel like there's some really interesting concepts, but the movie as a whole. Um, All right, so now John, John, do you want to yes. do you want to crack at it? Yep, yeah, sure. All right, we're gonna play the honesty game since Joseph and I have cameras. So, John, close your eyes. I'll tell you when you can open them. Joseph, why don't you throw out a number that you think? Just do it like hand signals. Um, maybe let's go here instead.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: Um. Cool. Uh, John, you can open your eyes. Um, action, animation, sci-fi, comedy, horror. What do you want first?
2: Uh, action. Red 2. Oh, I've not seen it.
1: Hmm. Not even sure what the reception for that film was. Uh, what's the name of that movie? Uh, I'm going to go with Wanted. Hmm. Okay, okay.
2: Uh, animation.
0: Oh, boy. Um, it's a
1: really... Yeah. I'm trying to think of ones that I've watched that I think would fit. You know, I got one. Shark Tale. Okay, so we're on the low side. <laughs> I
0: think I used this for a different number recently, and I'm not totally sure I agree with this number, but I think it's close enough. Um I'll say Scoob. Sci-fi comedy or horror? Uh
2: sci-fi.
1: I feel like if Ian finds out about this, he's gonna give me crap, but I'm gonna say Star Trek 5.
2: Yeah, we're definitely on the low side
0: here. <laughs> I will say. Um, um X-Men Apocalypse.
1: Okay. Horror. Jaws 3.
0: You've seen Jaws 3? Unfortunately. <laughs> oh boy um either of the rob zombie halloween movies
1: (laughs) okay uh is that just um just comedy comedy left
0: yep paul blart mall cop
1: you stole my answer
0: (laughs) cool times two
1: i'm gonna gonna double down on paul blart
0: (laughs) all right john hit me with it okay well
1: there's quite a lot of films that i haven't
2: seen um definitely on the low side though uh i'll go with two Right right on
0: all right yes yeah it's really hard because it's like especially for animation right there's always something to like out of animated films right mm-hmm. and like I feel like 2 is that really source spot I was looking through my letterbox list afterwards and I would 100% say Minions I should have had my answers the first um Scoob is also entirely oh there's that um,
2: I would have yeah, struggled with movies for that one because uh, I don't think there's many 2 out of 10 films that I've well, actually seen It's
0: it's gotta be yeah. so bad but not like the worst movies in the world that are those you know ones yeah. right Joseph initially mm-hmm. suggested one, and I'm like, here's the deal. If you're picking ones, it's so obvious that it's a one, right? Because like, what's a one in animation? Like, Boss Baby 2? I don't know. Like, Is there a one in anime? Like a- don't
2: go. Again, I haven't seen it. There's, there's ones that I probably would think are ones yeah. if I was to ever see them. Yeah, I just don't watch that many bad films because I just yeah. know their reputation. Yeah, I usually um, don't
1: watch many bad films, but occasionally I do... Yeah, least but I've got, opinion, I've got an issue with
0: you putting Wanted down here at 2 out of 10. I'm not saying the movie's great, but movie's good.
1: Eh, it just didn't hit for me.
0: All right, well, agree to disagree. Although,
1: I will say in hindsight, I should have gone. Although, actually, I think it probably, for my personal opinion, fit more as a 1 would be Every Which Way But Loose. Should have gone with that for action, but oh well.
0: That's all right. I don't think Star Trek 5 is a bad pick. I haven't seen it.
1: Is that the one that they're essentially like at a
0: campfire the whole time?
2: Yeah, they're singing uh, Row Your Boat. Not the yeah, whole no, time, I, but at the beginning and the
1: end of the movie, yes.
0: I was doing Behind the Sins for that, and I had to watch a Sins video, and even that was unbearable. Like, the movie looked <laughs> that bad. Um, it, the so. movie is bad. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> one random question before we move on into the main portion of this segment, uh, of this podcast. Um, this came across in my random question generator. I've definitely done it before, but um, guys, I would like to hear... Um, a joke. Tell me a joke.
2: Guy walks into a bar with a pair of jump leads and the barman says to him, are you trying to start something? <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, that's,
1: great. That, that, that's a good joke, I got to admit. Uh, you know, I, I really want to default to dad jokes, but I don't have any kids. So that would, that would be a faux pas oh boy
0: <laughs> all right i've got one for you and th- some of you are already gearing up because you remember the last time that i told the joke on this podcast for this segment you're already hating it okay so there's this guy and he works in this office building and um he comes he's talking with one of his uh friends the other uh one of his co-workers the other day and he uh he, he's um uh, he makes this statement that essentially says he knows everybody in the world you know um he, he knows everybody in the world, and. And the guy gets irritated because this guy keeps on saying this, right? And he's like, surely that's, like, not right. Surely that's not cool, right? So he's like, everybody in the world, there's not a chance, you know? Um, And if you're saying maybe only all these people in – You know Nebraska, right? Our small city, Nebraska, whatever, right? Uh, But surely you don't know everybody in the world, right? So, um, so he says, I take issue with that. I would like you to actually prove it to me because I'm sick and tired of hearing you say this. He's like, sure, name somebody and I'll call him up. He's like, Tom Cruise. Sure enough, guy calls up Tom Cruise. Tom answers the phone. He's like, hey, um, let's call him um, uh, Danny, right? Let's call him Danny the guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's like, hey, Danny, what's up? He's like, oh, hey, Tom, I just you know, needed to prove to my friend that I know. He's like, yeah, we go way back. We went to high school together. Yada, yada, yada. Um, good friend. Right. Uh, and the guy's like, I still don't believe you. Right. Um, so he's like, all right, we'll name somebody else. And he's like, all right, well, how about Barack Obama? Right. Uh, Danny calls up Barack Obama and he, uh, Brock picks up the phone and he's like, hey, what's up? And he's like, hey, you know, just my friend doesn't believe that I know you, and he's like, "Yeah, we go way back. We used to be friends, um, you know, in college, and da, da 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 da, right?" Anyway, so he's like, "All right, well, I still don't believe you, right?" Everybody in the world, that can't be true. So, uh, so he's like, "How about the Pope?" He's like, "All right." So the two of them get on a plane and they hop over to the Vatican, and uh, and the Pope's gonna address the crowd, and so you know the like, there's a crowd gathered at the Vatican, and there's people that are gonna um, uh, waiting to hear the Pope speak, and uh, and uh danny's like uh you know what i um you know he's not really gonna spot me from the crowd i know those two guards over there they're gonna let me in and i'm gonna go talk to the pope or whatnot and so as danny goes in the pope uh the he goes and sees the pope so he leaves his friend kind of down in the crowd uh and and danny emerges with the pope on the balcony as the pope comes to address people and all of a sudden there's like some lady screams in the crowd or whatnot and, uh, and so Danny rushes back down and finds that the guy, uh, that he's with had a heart attack and, um, uh, eventually he comes to and, uh, and he asks him what happened and he just said, I just couldn't take it anymore. After all that we went through, we were sitting in the crowd and the, and you and the Pope come out on the balcony and the guy next to me go, who's that guy up there with Danny? <laughs> <I love that. laughs> oh dear. Oh that's um oh, that tickles me every time
1: yeah you, you don't expect that to be the the end of it yeah no, i, I was, it was seriously wondering where you were going with that yeah
0: <laughs> the perfect kind of joke it's like I've where are like joke where before, are they going with this and then it. to me the perfect kind of joke is where you're like oh nowhere got it <laughs> you just yeah. wasted my time yeah. <laughs> anyway no i think that one has a has a fun kind of the end. anyway um let's talk about some movies here in uh just a second but first a chance you've heard some movie opinions from uh uh joseph and john um uh, if you would like to hear more opinions from them where can they find you on the interwebs
1: Well, about to say uh Obviously, I do the out-of-market series with Sif Pop, so if you follow that, you see that pop up every once in a while. Uh, otherwise, I'm on, I refuse to call it anything but Twitter, at <laughs> Joseph C.S.H.N. Davis. Uh, I've done a little few things on Twitch uh, with my Twitch name Joseph C. Davis. I'm still kind of exploring with that a little bit.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: but I mean, generally, um, if you follow Sif Pop or CinemaSins, you're going to probably find me at some point. John?
2: Uh, I am on Instagram, John Tillyard, T-I-L-L-Y-A-R-D, 86. That's numbers eight and six. I have that same name on Threads. I don't know if anybody is still using that site, to be honest.
0: I'm not sure. We'll put um, a needle in it.
2: Yeah. Uh, I am on Letterbox, but I don't use it a huge amount. So I'm going to try and add a few more reviews on there. I,
1: I need to yeah. update my Letterbox yeah. too, not you're saying that. Do it. Um, yeah. Um, we...
0: Uh, real quick, uh, patreon.com um, says to Real quick update in case of the first time listening in a bit. I have changed the Patreon to function um, that um, all the episodes that go up are going to go public. Um, and you should be able to get your own RSS feed straight from there. So ad free and um, early access uh, for everybody uh, at no tier um patreon.com says if there are a couple tiers just in case you're like you know i'm going to take advantage of this and um do that and then the highest tier is now uh ten dollars instead of 20 and ten dollars a month gets you access to the episodes that are my reviews for any new release when i see them so i'm probably going to see haunting in venice sometime this week so i'll uh, have that review up whenever i see it um but uh, uh that's at the ten dollar up tier. all the other ones have the same amount of stuff so early access to episodes ad free um, if you're interested, patreon.com says with PopWR to explore um, that stuff. So um, hope you guys are enjoying that. And um, uh, yeah, just uh, um, yeah, a chance for you guys to uh, take advantage of some cool perks. All right, onto to the sift topic. We're going to start talking about Mary Poppins Returns here. Um, John, I believe this was your pick. Uh, yes, it was. Okay, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, um, I, I'm not going to be able to pull it up in time. But I believe this was not your first time suggesting it. I feel like it was on your list last schedule, but it... uh, I honestly can't remember. <laughs> Neither can I. Um, either way, I thought it was quite surprising that it was on somebody's list. Um, so, real quick, I want to know before we go any further, John, there was hundreds of movies you could have picked from why mary poppins returns
2: uh i have a lot of nostalgia for uh the original um it was uh like w- one of the few films actually in our house that we actually owned on like vhs uh, my-, my parents just weren't interested in actually buying the films they recorded them off the tv but uh mary poppins the original is uh, one that we did actually have in our house and we watched constantly mm-hmm. like uh, over like holidays like, so it- i just know that original film so well um, and it was just a film that I was really, like, psych- hyped as hell to just came out. Um, because on top of that, I also love Emily Blunt. She's, like, one of my favorite actresses.
0: Sure. I um, I-, I did the checking, and you did not have Mary Poppins on your first one. You had um, North by Northwest, Lion, and War of the Worlds. Talked about Lion. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, this one you had Mary Poppins Returns and Men in Black and the Elephant. Uh, but I found that that pair, parrot... di- I don't think I intended it. I think these were kind of like the last two that I had. uh, And that's why they were paired together. But like they do kind of oddly work a little together because they are music. So um, uh, you kind of also gave your history of this film. Uh, Joseph, what is your history with Mary Poppins Returns?
1: Well, I'd say it's similar to John, although my parents actually bought the VHS for the original Mary Poppins. Obviously, when I was a kid, I loved it. I probably should have watched this Watched the original Mary Poppins before I watched Mary Poppins Returns, just to remind myself of it. Uh, But I remember when Mary Poppins Returns came out, I was really kind of curious to go see it because of the fact that, I mean, uh, I don't remember exactly when it came out, but Lin-Manuel Miranda was getting really popular. And, you know, I watched Hamilton somewhat recently, and that's, I'm very much on the train of anything Lin-Manuel Miranda touches is going to be perfect for me. So when it came out in theaters, uh, my, parents and I went to go ahead and go watch Mary Poppins Returns. So that was the first and until earlier today, only time I had ever seen the movie. Sure. Um, My history
0: with this movie is that it came out and I was interested in seeing it because I knew of the original. I had definitely seen the original, but it had been a while. Um, And like right at, like I I didn't, I wanted to watch the original before seeing the movie again though. So I think it was one of those, like I, I got it digitally after it came out. And, uh, cause, cause the original Mary Poppins I have right next to that. So, um, I must've, uh, bought them together and, uh, and then I know me and my wife watched Mary Poppins with the intention of wanting to watch returns, but I gotta say, um, probably before we go any further, I think that Mary Poppins is a well done film, but it's a film that I don't particularly enjoy as an adult. Uh, I think there's lots of memorable moments, lots that could like certify it as a classic, but it's a two hour movie that feels like six. And, um, there's, there's just a lot that doesn't work to me, but, um, so like after watching the original, I was really not excited to watch returns, um, for a while. So, um, I, I really think it was going to take something like this to get me to watch it because I wasn't interested. So, um, Let's uh, let's get into it. Mary Poppins returns. We'll be spoiling this movie in full, um, so if that's a concern for you, then um, you know now's your time to check out. Um, we're gonna go in that same order. John, did you like it, love it, hate it, dislike it, or think it's just okay? I like it. Okay,
1: uh, Joseph. I would say I am firmly in the like it category. It I... doesn't quite capture the original Mary Poppins for what I remember of it, but it's still very good and does still feel like it honors it in a way. Sure.
0: Um, I'm going to go ahead and just go right in the middle of liked it as well, um, which is honestly kind of surprising because um, I looked up like just people on Letterboxd, like don't seem to like this movie at all. Um, it's, most, uh, are,
2: it's a little too similar to the original, maybe.
0: I can see that. But but that. So was The know. Force Awakens yeah. and people like that one. Yeah, like, um So... Yeah, no, it's just, it's one of those that's, like, it's really weird. I thought people generally liked this one when it came out, but, like, a lot of people have this, like, at a, at least the people I follow are, like, as low as one and a half stars. And I think maybe, aside from one or two, like, the highest that the general goes is, like, three. Um, Okay so yeah and and it it has an average of three on letterbox 3.0
1: and i'm like i thought this was more well received uh i assumed it was too i need to see if i I, I, I thought that as well
0: I, i thought it was generally liked yeah i don't know if maybe it's just soured in people's minds or um i don't know maybe it just wasn't as well received as i thought it was or maybe just misinterpreting the way people were talking about it you know um compared to letter grade like when they actually go to a rating, and that's why rating systems are ultimately, like, arbitrary, but mm-hmm. um, I liked it. Um, there's certainly a lot of things that don't work about it, but I think so much of this movie just works really well. Um, it's it's a little long, um, but to me, nowhere near as long as the original felt, and they're only, like, six minutes apart in runtime. Yeah.
1: Um, I, I personally think the part with Meryl Streep could have been left out in my definitely. mind. Oh, sure, sure, definitely. I mean, I, I love Meryl Streep. my Street. least
2: favorite part of the film.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I love Meryl Streep, don't get me wrong, but it just feels like they got her attached to the movie just so they could be like, hey, we have Meryl Streep. Sure,
0: yeah. It's. Uh, I think it also, like, it did, the only thing that it did was just kind of world build a little bit, uh, like, uh, just the, the notion of, like, this magical being, Mary Poppins, who clearly, like, there is something odd, but, like, to kind of just showcase, like, she's not the only one, you know? Because even, mm-hmm. like, in the original, the Dick Van Dyke character, Bert, like, he's he's just a dude. There's nothing, like, magical mm-hmm. about him. Mary Poppins does all the magic, you know? And he's just along for the ride. And, you know, in this one, the Jack is a lamplighter. And that's... Mm-hmm. It, you know, he's not a magical being. Uh, so yeah. Mary Poppins is the only. So I guess it's only just to say that Mary Poppins isn't the only magical being out there. It it was really interesting to me because the um, that scene was going on and they have like the upside down apartment thing and I just look at uh, I looked at my wife and I said she's the prototype for weird Barbie in you know the Greta card Barbie <laughs> <movie."> <laughs> uh, So anyway, um, no, I, I I movie's not perfect um there's certainly a lot that doesn't work and there's certainly some changes i would make but it's fine yeah i i would i would much rather put on this one than the original again i'll say that and that's probably okay. that's, that's probably a really big hot take and yeah that's fine probably. um but I, I, again something about this just feeling shorter um let's what i so i think the best place to start here is like emily blunt is terrific right oh
2: she's amazing i have a hot take I think she's better than Julie Andrews. Whoa, that is a hot take. Yeah, I know that. I, yeah, I actually th- prefer. You're going to
0: get more flack for that comment than I yeah. am preferring yeah, this movie yeah. to the original. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. yeah.
1: I, I wouldn't necessarily say she's better than Julie Andrews, but I really do enjoy the take she has on the character.
0: It's, it's hard to say she's better because, like, there is a difference in filmmaking, right? And there is a difference in just like what they're mm-hmm. given to work with and whatnot. And like, Julie Andrews had nothing but a screenplay, right? A script, and you know, Emily Blunt had years of. You know, yeah, true. She has Mary, Julie like,
2: Andrews' performance to play off. Yeah,
0: yeah right. But but, but, but but I think she is simultaneously like doing incredibly well with the mm-hmm. performance, but also making it her own. Like, she very much feels like Mary Poppins, but also her feels like Mary Emily Blunt. Like, yeah, like it's, it is like, and, and I think that's kind of what the whole movie feels like, where it's all an homage to the original, but it doesn't feel like a ripoff
1: mm-hmm. to me. I would agree. It, that's kind of the sort of, like
2: maybe a negative, but also kind of a positive about the whole film is like it does hit a lot of very similar beats to the original. And it I kind of sort of like that and I kind of didn't like it at the same time.
0: I mean, I think it's one of those that like we like in the moment, but then we don't really like rewatching, right? Like same thing, like when Fourth Awakens came out and everybody was like, that's awesome. It's great. And I think it was just because they were like, oh, cool. Star Wars doesn't suck again. Um, but then, you know, after a year, we're like, guys, it's the exact same movie as A New Hope. Yeah. and and then it, it's really grading now because that's a third of the sequel trilogy that regardless your thoughts on the sequel trilogy is underwhelming yeah um uh yeah, yeah regardless on your thoughts on last jedi or rise of skywalker like we can all agree at least the sequel trilogy as a whole is underwhelming and miss disconjointed and overall like kind of sucks um I
1: mean, it's kind of forgettable the best i mean oh, even
0: yeah. though last jedi is my favorite star wars movie like
1: it's uh, i'm with you there on the last jedi it's just one of those things like you're talking about it's Un- Force Awakens is underwhelming and then it's followed by two sequels that no one can agree on.
0: Right. And, and two sequels that are diametrically opposed to one another, you know? Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. So anyway, it's just... So I, so I don't know. I wonder like, if that... Maybe maybe people have soured on it because of that. Because it is kind of just... But Emily Blunt's terrific, right? And mm-hmm. yeah. I, I like Lin-Manuel in this. I don't think he's as iconic or endearing or anything like that as... Dick Van Dyke was uh, in absolutely. Um, the original. I mean, no, no, no,
1: no, no, no. Absolutely not. I mean, I he's said fine. It before. He's not. He's not Liman, bad. I I love nearly everything Lemon, Well, Miranda puts his hands on. Sure. I think his character of Jack is a fine character. Not going to comment about the British accent because I'm not known for understanding most accents when it comes mm-hmm. to like how they're supposed to sound. But yeah, like you said, he's not as iconic as Dick Van Dyke as Burke. Which I do want to say at the very end of this movie, when he shows up as the uncle of the bank manager, and I'm just sitting here thinking, Dick Van Dyke is a national treasure. We must protect him at all costs. Sure, yeah,
2: he's amazing in that scene.
0: Yeah, okay. it's it. It is one of those where you're almost like just even seeing him again, and that's like like almost kind of makes you be like, oh yeah, he is charming. He he has a lot more. He has just as much charm in that scene as Lin Manuel did in the whole. Movie. Again, no knock on hmm. Lin Manuel, but it's just like. I think Emily Blunt is terrific in the role, and I could say that. You know, and John even said she's better than Julie Andrews. But um, nobody would say Lin Manuel was more enjoyable than no Nick idea. Van Dyke. Um, mm-hmm. Which is no knock on Lin Manuel, but it's just yeah. Was um, Nick
2: Van Dyke over ninety when he was in that? He
1: he is was over ninety at the time, and he still is, obviously. Oh, yes. If,
0: if I was reading, I was reading IMDb trivia, and if I, if memory serves correct, I believe he was ninety two. And he broke the record for being the oldest um, person to star in a Disney movie. Although that record was also broken in this movie with Angela Lansbury, who I was, was like, going to say this film was older.
2: If he's over ninety, this film has two actors in it that are over yeah. ninety at the time.
0: So yeah, so Angela Lansbury is officially, like, at least at the time of the release, the oldest person in a Disney, or the oldest actor in a Disney movie. But uh, Dick Van Dyke would have also broken that record if Angela Lansbury was. Yeah, that is that is mm-hmm. amazing. Um, I, it is it is. Really interesting to me, though, too, because like I feel like that Dick Van Dyke character doesn't disservice the Lynn Manuel character, um, his presence doesn't really disservice that. And um, Julie Andrews was offered a cameo as the balloon lady at the end and turned it down, which is which then went to Angela Lansbury because she didn't want to be in the movie because she really wanted it to be Emily Blunt's movie, she really wanted people to be talking about how good she is. Oh, not, that's cool, yeah, not hey, Julie yeah. Andrews came back, right? Like, not that fan service thing, but I also like I think. I think in that balloon lady role, it wouldn't have to detracted at all because it's the very, very, very end of the movie. It's such a small thing. And there is that really sweet, tender moment where she gets to essentially say, Mary Poppins, your job is done. Like, you know, like there's that really sweet moment between the two of them. And I could just, I was just imagining if Julie Andrews would have done that, that would have been a really great scene. Um, it it was a really great scene but it, it would have been it better. It might have felt a bit yeah. too fan y maybe to like it have. Def- I would agree Harry probably too talking fanservice-y. to the new one. Well, it would have been for sure fan y but like I don't think you know in the same way that the uh, the Dick Van Dyke you know returning like well, well, that one, I don't Dick know, Van Dyke he wasn't one,
2: playing Bert. he was playing his other character yeah. from uh, the, the previous film.
1: Well, and it kind of makes sense because the fact that in the original he plays Mr. Dawes senior. Which is the father of the character he plays in this oh, movie, yes, Mr. Yes. Doss June. He's
2: not playing the same character as he is. He's playing his son.
1: But he right. yeah, But there's, in still that, yeah. there's still that there's still that tie-in for the between the two because yeah. it's like, yeah, he's playing the son of the character who previously played the father.
0: Um I'll also throw out I think that um I think that the other three like lead actors are are really good. Um shoot, the guy, um the banker guy, um from King's Colin, Colin Okay. I was like, Colin, I don't want to get it wrong, Colin Firth. Um I really liked him. I mean, he's a little bit, like, mustache-twirly, but he plays off that, like, deceptive part really well, especially in the beginning. Like, he, um, he's, he's talking to them, and he seems so genuine and nice. And I was literally about to turn to my wife, and I was going to say, it's really nice to see the money guy not be a douchebag. And the very next scene, like, the very next... Like, right when I was about to say, the next sentence is, oh, he actually is a douchebag. Like, I really... I don't know. Like maybe I kind of wish this movie worked a little bit better if it were um, if he wasn't trying to sabotage the whole operation too. Mm-hmm. Um, like yeah. th- there's no need for an antagonist in this film, right?
2: Yeah, I, I was thinking the same thing. I, I wish he wasn't in the film. Really, he, like
0: he's... you still have the race against time thing, right? That oh, yeah. that is enough, right? Um, and you can still have your your ending the exact way they played it, except for the big dramatic. Yo, yeah. ending where he has to get thrown out you know, like I don't know that this movie needs the antagonist um, it, it but I really liked much, him in the role
1: Yeah, it does very much feel like Colin Firth is purposely made evil for the sake of us having a bad guy because yes. it's, it's like th- there really doesn't really feel like there needs to be just as you said the sudden oh look it's the evil banker who wants to take their house why because he's a <laughs> banker and wants to take their house that's the only real explanation well, we he
0: even makes a, he even makes a, a note he says something like, I'm not gonna just let this house go away. And it was just like 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 almost as if there was something special about the house, like something mm-hmm. meaningful or important to him. And I was like, What is this personal attachment house, to? It? It's just I a ha- it Yeah, be- I mean it's just a house, right? And I mean, John, you're you're in London or in England, like No, I'm not in London. <laughs> you're in England, right? But like I'm in England, yes. But like in cities in in London, like from, from cities that I've been to, everything is so <laughs> compact, right? Like to find a house is not nothing, you know. Um, yeah. Anyway, I mean,
2: there could have been other reasons that they couldn't get to the bank in in time uh, to sort of pay off the the loan or whatever. It didn't have to right. be like the the bank guy was actively trying to stop them because he wanted the house. It, it didn't have to be a bad guy at all. No, he yeah. didn't.
0: He didn't. Again, the time is enough of, of an antagonist. You know, and he could just be like, "Look, I'm just following protocols. I'm following rules. I can't make an exception for employees." Um, I, I, because then I have to make exceptions for everybody, you know, whatnot. And you you already have, um, Higgins from Ted Lasso being enough of a bad guy and he's just, you know, he's just following orders, but he's enough of your, like, if you need to put a face to an antagonist, like he's enough. Um, um, yeah. also, also, I, I just, sure. I really liked, um, Emily Mortimer in the role. I thought she doesn't, she's not really given a lot to do, but she's totally good in the she's she's totally serviceable in the mm-hmm. role and i really like Ben Was- Wishaw in this um, oh yeah oh he's fantastic. Michael Banks a role that he's bad in Yeah,
1: the character of Michael Banks i i think is really good and i think that i prefer the dynamic between the father and the children in this movie than i do to the original which obviously it's been a while since i've seen the original but uh this one i just actually felt genuine that okay this is a man who clearly loves his children, he's trying to do everything with his children. And when he gets mad at them and frustrated with them, it actually it feels genuine. Like he's under a lot of stress. Yes, they're trying to help, but it's one of those things where, well, he doesn't have the perception they do with Mary Poppins. He's like he's in the mood of, I don't need another thing on my plate right now. Sure. And it feels yeah, the, like a genuine relationship.
2: Yeah, he's stressed out with with everything, I think, and he, he takes it out on his children. When he they they sort of open up to him with they the, the places where lost things go reprise the word reprise, reprise. and he he sort of it... comes to his senses. It's a really nice moment, and uh, I th- I think it's a better sort of a redemption moment. I think what Mister Banks got from the original, where he just sort of looks at the tupper and starts laughing, I, th- I think it's it's much more genuine.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think he plays that role of like recent widow really well. Um, like I was talking with somebody about this movie earlier today. Um, I mentioned that I was recording a podcast on this. Um, and he mentioned that he's like, well, the movie's not like, there's no songs in it that are memorable. And I totally agree. I don't think any of the songs are memorable, um, or particularly good. Um, but I do like the set pieces in the song. I, I saw somebody complain about the BMX, um, one, the, the biker one, the lamplighter Mm -hmm. one. And that was my favorite to watch. That one was really fun to me.
2: Um, the, the opening song.
0: No, 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 the 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 one the where one were, like on lights. their way back from the bank they get lost. They in They go, fog. yeah, it's in the fog, and there's like lamplighters that are riding bikes and doing like tricks and whatnot. Oh yes, like three really quarters know. through the movie, that one was awesome to watch. Um, but I really my favorite song. I really like the one where Ben Wishaw in the attic and he's like sees a like a necklace that his wife had or a bracelet or whatever, and he mm-hmm. he like sings a song about saying like it's been too long since we talked. Like I. It's like a sixty-second small little thing. But I, it, yeah. There's no, it's no visuals so or anything. It's
1: just him singing.
0: Yeah, and it's he's he's so earnest. It's so endearing. Like he he's really great in the role. I really like him there.
1: And it, it almost feels like it's a glimpse into somebody who's still grieving in a way.
0: Absolutely. L- let me t- let me tell say a negative though. Um, I think the kids are annoying as hell. Um, especially the youngest one that keeps on running away, Georgie. Um, and I only remember his name because there's a moment where he runs away like near the beginning, and he goes through some bushes, and I'm like, I really want somebody to make a smash cut. He runs through the bushes, then somebody have you know it the clown walk up and go, "Are you Georgie?" Like <laughs> that would just. I <laughs> was... thought
1: of that. That would. I want me. to find that on YouTube now. Yeah, it's got to be somebody has right. to have made that. By yeah,
2: now. it's the same name. It somebody has to have done that. So
0: it, it, the kids were so annoying in this movie, specifically the youngest one. Um, it, it really felt like, you know, the scene that everybody complains about the most in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, where where the two kids sing to to Wanda as a mom and they do the like ice cream song. It felt like that the whole movie for me. Uh, I'm not saying that the kids are bad actors. Uh, I'm saying I hate the kids. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I didn't think the kids were that bad. I mean, I do kind of get where you're coming from. But at the same time, I thought they were perfectly good, like. The older two feel like they're old, old enough to where they're just thinking, we've got to be responsible, we got to do this and that, while well, the youngest one still has that extra layer of imagination to him. But I do kind of get where you're coming from, that Georgie just kind of like, when he I, wants I can to agree do something, with... he does it, doesn't care about anything else.
2: Yeah, I, I can agree in the case of Georgie. He, he, he was getting on my nerves as well, but the,
0: the other I mean, two I thought were fine. I mean, Georgie's for sure annoying, but the other two, they have no agency or growth or, like, moments to shine. They're just nothing characters. And so, like, I'm saying, like, the the, the kids as a whole, you got two, ki- two kids that
1: I couldn't tell you three things about them. Yeah, true. And they, they Georgie,
0: who's yeah. mm-hmm. annoying. <laughs> so.
1: In a weird way, I almost feel like, even though Mary Poppins is dealing with the kids in this movie, that she's... It kind of almost feels like the same thing with the first movie. She's there less to... Help the kids because she's still finding helping the kids find joy, but she's more there to help repair something that's damaged in a way. Mm-hmm. She's kind of helping repair Michael because of the fact that he's kind of lost that innocence within him that he used to have, and he's through his kids, she's helping kind of bring that back.
2: Well, it's similar to the first film, I think, in that sense, sure. She, she was reforming, um, Mr. Banks, yeah.
0: It's it's one of those movies where you could look at like just like Raiders of the Lost Ark and you could almost take Mary Poppins completely out and nothing changes. Um, Mm -hmm. The only thing that could change would just be the some of the magic stuff at the end. But like ultimately the plot still kind of goes out the way it does because he still is digging through the attic and he finds the kite and then Georgie gets the kite and then repairs it with the picture that he has. Or anyway, so it's one it's almost one of those for himself. The only thing well, she does
2: to help at the end is she stops the clock
0: from chiming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, speaking of which, I ha- when they when they do the whole turn back time thing, I'm almost really I'm really upset it didn't go this way because what I was expecting because they call all the lamplighters to come help. My my thought on what they were what was going to happen is they were going to change every clock in the city like back five <laughs> or ten minutes or whatever. Like, and I thought that was going to be the funniest thing ever. Instead, they only change Big Ben. And it's like, but what happens when the next day the banker wakes up and sees that Big Ben is five minutes behind every other clock, including his own pocket watch? Like, like, clearly then he knows there's some kibitzing going on, some tomfoolery, Mm -hmm. but like... I think the movie, I think that that particular scene is so much funnier if the lamplighters like are breaking into people's homes just to reset every clock back five minutes.
1: I think that's that actually uh, would have been really cool. And then they meet at Big Ben.
0: Yeah. And then they meet at Big Ben and Mary Poppins has manually She's turned back Big Ben. That's her job. And but the lamplighters go reset every like turn every single clock back five. I thought that would have been hilarious. Every Uh, clock in London. That's, that would be every clock thing. in London every yep. pocket watch every you know um clock on a wall I mean, there's a
2: lot of church towers in London as well yeah <laughs> yeah the and fact that he's going try. by
0: big Ben not by his pocket watch you know um although that was a really hilarious um scene where big Ben finally goes off and he shoots the cannon he's like big Ben finally got it right I laughed so hard
1: oh uh, what's funny about it this time when I was watching it, at the very beginning of the movie where the captain on top of his house is like complaining that big ben is ringing too early I mm-hmm. look at my watch i'm like it's almost 10 o'clock <laughs> so i waited and waited and right when i watch hit 10 was when the cannon fired <laughs> i thought that that is actually really kind of cool all
0: right um there's a lot of nonsense there's a lot of ridiculousness there's a lot again i feel like you could cut pretty much any of the parts out of the movie and the movie's still the same. I really feel like that Meryl Streep one is the most expendable part of Mm -hmm. this movie. Like, do they really need the glass bowl one? Like, the ceramic bowl one? I mean, like, sure, it's fine, but... That was actually one of my favorite parts. I I was about to say the same thing. Well, I'm saying I like it, but I'm saying, is that scene as necessary? Like, you know, like, I feel like you could cut out any sequence from this movie and it doesn't change anything, right? Isn't
2: the original kind of like that, though?
0: Sure. Wasn't it kind of just like
2: sequences for like the sake of sequences? just? I think
0: that's part of the reason why I didn't really like it. Um, The original one, you watched it. It's fine. Um, And I think I even rated it. Like I looked back, I rated rated it four out of five apparently. But like...
2: I've just noticed a note I made. I think maybe that was the point actually. Because they sort of imply with um, certainly the porcelain bowl sequence and the, the sequence in the bath as well. The way they cut it is almost implying that it was just a, a fantasy it was something that children were imagining because it cuts back to them uh, just having had a bath uh, with a bath scene and a oh. you know, porcelain bowl just having woken up in beds you know and, and they actually think that they dreamt it right so maybe that's kind of the point in it. Well, and I think
0: that's why, like the whole, like, they're part of the message of this movie too, is that um, adults when they grow up, they they don't see the magic anymore, you know, or mm. they don't believe in magic yeah. anymore, you know. That's J- Jane and that's Michael hard. say,
2: don't they? They they we imagined right. all these kinds of amazing things with Mary Poppins Young. I think right. Jane says
1: to Michael at some point that they didn't really happen as things, did they? And in, in the background, Mary Poppins slides up Mary Poppins the banister. Up the t- <laughs> well, I remember when I watched that in the theater the first time, I burst out laughing because I thought that was actually kind of awesome. I think. I think overall, at the end of the day, this movie
0: is harmless. I don't particularly like any of the any of the songs. Um, I I don't know that there's too much like bad about the movie, but I think that uh, Emily Blunt and Ben Whishaw are really great. Um, mm-hmm. Specifically, Emily Blunt is really great, but I really like Ben Whishaw and Call of Firth as well. I think that they. Uh, uh, and Dick and seeing the return of Dick Van Dyke, um, in in you know a musical role, um, uh, I think uh, th- this movie is just harmless. Like I think that's the that's kind of the end of the day, right? It's harmless, but el- but uh, so it's just kind of fine. But I think Emily Blunt really uh, elevates my my enjoyment of the movie, and I can't think of a better director than Rob Marshall. Like he really kind of captured the essence, um, while also keeping it modern. Like it feels magical. It feels great. Um, so. Um, well it's, done. It's a wonderful film. With you there. Yeah. It's, it's a middle of the road film, but I think the direction and Emily Blunt's performance elevated. It yeah. To, yep. It's still, yep. it's, it's maybe not a great movie, but it is certainly a good time. That's,
1: you know, so in that, no, yeah, scale, I would like, definitely agree with you that, with that it's like, there are definitely mo- those movies that just are at a completely different level from 2018, but this is still a very Good movie to watch. If you, if you were to watch it, you would enjoy your time doing that. Although now that we've been talking about it, I just have random thought popping my head that now I want there to be a Ben Wishaw Dick Van Dyke movie that's a crossover between Herbie Fully Loaded and Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, and I don't know why. <laughs> wow, random. Mm-hmm.
0: Just throw Dick Van Dyke into Paddington Three.
1: Um, we can do that. That would actually be well, yeah. True, good. he's the voice of Paddington, isn't he? And
0: uh, and, and and Paddington can. Um can dance to the old bamboo. That's how you can tie it in. Sure. <laughs> sure. Uh, I don't have anything more to say about this movie. It's 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 totally harmless. It's enjoyable. Emily Blunt is terrific. But I'm also not like you know, screaming, you know, why wasn't she nominated for an Oscar or won an Oscar or anything? Like, I don't think she was nominated. I don't believe she, she was. Might have um, I, I thought she
2: was going to be, but I don't think she was actually.
0: Uh,
1: I'm, looking at, I'm looking at the Wikipedia article for it now. Uh, Allocades. It was nominated for... Best Costume Design, Original Score, Original Song, and Best Production Design at the at the Academy Awards.
0: I would uh, say Emily Blunt's worthy of a nomination more than any of the other things, but um, it's... She, she I deserves, guess, deserves it's, a nomination in she's, general. She's, mm-hmm. she's great. Yeah. Uh, she deserves an Oscar, for sure. Uh, but... Uh, it's she's really great but i'm also like i'm not super clamoring you know like why didn't she get you know um but she's by far the best part of this movie and so much so that i think she's worth
1: i would i would agree but now you said that about her winning an oscar or being nominated i'm wondering who got nominated for best actress or was she uh, she'd be best actress in this movie right if she got nominated that's in a leading role
0: I think yeah. she would be a leading. Yeah, definitely yes.
1: leading. Uh, well, the people nominated that year for the Academy Awards were Olivia Coleman in the in the favorites. Oh, she won. She won. won yeah. Eliza, uh, um, I apologize for how I'm pronouncing his name. Eliza Aparacio and Roma, Glenn Close in The Wife, Lady Gaga in A Star Is Born, and Melissa McCarthy and Can You Ever Forgive Me? Mm. So the question is, do we feel like that her as Emily Blunt could replace any of those?
0: Lady
2: Gaga, um,
0: I, I mean I didn't see the Glenn Close one, but I feel like Glenn Close was kind of one of those where she kept she got nominated a couple times in a row and because she she also got nominated for like Hillbilly Elegy, right? Like I think the so, next yeah. year, and it was yeah. like, hey. Uh,
2: in terms of just the performance, I would I would say she was better than Lady Gaga in Star Wars Bull.
0: Yeah, and I like Melissa McCarthy in Kenya for me, but I'd probably rather have uh. And we want. Yeah, and I'm yeah. not a Roma fan, so I'm just not gonna chime in on that one. So um, okay. I don't really know. Yeah. But yeah, um, either way, Olivia Coleman's still walking away with that award. And, oh, absolutely. And yeah, happy. yeah, 100%. So, um, anything else? Final thoughts? Uh,
2: the balloon scene was kind of anxiety for me. <laughs> if that had been me, I would, I would have been like, uh, how the heck am I going to get down?
1: I enjoyed the balloon I scene. Yeah, I, I enjoyed the balloon scene a lot, though at the same time, I'm also the person who, uh, Said when it came to Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, that I was always the person who was like, Oh, that'd be so fun to be tiny in this big world. <laughs> so it's not surprising. Oh, I do like it that in that scene where Colin Firth kind of walks up and the balloon lady offers him a balloon. He's like, All right, I'll do this. He takes a balloon, throws it in the air, and just falls to the ground. <laughs> it's like, That's his comeuppance. The balloon yeah. does not make him fly. Yeah, it, it's literally one of those things in my mind. is just like, You still haven't learned your lesson. So <laughs> you got a ways to go, buddy.
0: Well, let's move on to Mary, uh, not Mary Pop, uh the producers. Um, this is going to be really interesting um, because I'm curious. Um, jo- uh, Joseph, you picked this one, first of all. Yeah. Um, let's. I would like to ask out of, uh, again, the hundreds of movies that you could have picked, um, why was the producers among your top choice?
1: Well, if I remember right, the idea of this was to kind of go through some of the movies you had on your shelf that you had never, yep. that or hadn't ever seen or it's been so long. Yep. And I saw this on the list and I just thought, it might be interesting to pick, have this as one of the options I like pass to Aaron, so that way he could actually get to see this, which I will say, Aaron, this makes two and appearances in a row where I'm in, talking about a movie where we make fun of Hitler. True. Which, True. I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm all for it, but at the same time, it's like, okay, this is odd. Uh-huh. Uh, but I did pick it initially, and we kind of touched on it a little bit, initially thinking we were talking about the Mel Brooks Movie and not the 2005 adaptation of the stage play,
0: based off of the movie. Based off the movie, the movie based off yeah. of the play, which is a musical adaptation of the movie, mm-hmm. which is about putting on a play. The remake. Yeah. It's a remake. Does it, te- is it
2: a remake? Because it's adapted from. The musical that is adapted Mel, from it, the it, original it, movie.
0: It, it is still technically original, like adapted screenplay from Mel Brooks. the producers? <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Okay. Um. But yeah, it's also adapted. For, it's 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 an adaptation of both essentially. So, yeah. It's a film adaptation of a stage adapta- adaptation, which is a musical version of a movie, which is about putting on a play. That's a yeah. musical. Um. Yeah. Okay. Um. John, what's your history with this movie? Well, Joseph, what's your history with this movie? You or this well, IP or whatever.
1: I was about to say, I've seen the original, and if I remember right, it was from a Best Ever Challenge that I watched it for, and I thought the original was reasonably pretty good. I mean, it's a Mel Brooks movie. I've rarely ran across a Mel Brooks movie I didn't enjoy, even if it's not the most well-rated movie in the world. So I just, just assuming that this was a musical version of this kind of intrigued me. But at the same time, there were just also those things about this movie that did kind of catch me off guard a little bit, and I'll get more, I'll get into that a little bit more when we get to okay. it. But yeah, I figured it'd be an, it's kind of an interesting movie to discuss. Sure.
0: Uh, John, what's your history with this uh, property? Um, I think I only saw it once,
2: uh, like years ago. Uh, I'm not even sure exactly what the context was. I think it was just you know a film that showed up on my feed, and I thought, oh, I've not seen that before. And uh, yeah, I think that's the only time I've seen this
0: film uh, this week. Um, my history with this IP. So this is, um, the reason this movie is, uh, I own this movie is because, um, when you register an account for voodoo, at least you used to, it would give you five free movies and you would have to pick five of like the eight of like seven options. Right. And they were all terrible options. Right. Or, um, and like, I know lethal weapon was one of them and look, lethal weapons, a great movie. Um, so I'm not saying that was a terrible option, but like, it was like lethal weapon and the bodyguard and um wrong turn two and um escape from new york no big trouble in little china I was about to say, Escape
1: from New York is a fantastic movie. How dare you? Look, I I realize (laughs) that they're they're
0: merit to pretty most of the movies I just mentioned, but it's like there's a reason that they're free movies. You know, you're not getting to pick. You know, um, the Dark Knight or
1: whatever. You know, Um, it's not like the first Rocky movie, Dark Knight, like you said. and,
0: and, And I'm also saying I picked those five. There was two other options that it's like who on earth would pick those? Like one of them was like Valentine's Day or you know one of those. Like, I didn't pick it, so I don't know. So anyway, I'm just saying, like... But it's also, also, you can't just, like, not get it. Anyway, so the producers was one of them, and I was like, sure, why not? Um, I knew nothing about the movie, and so I was like, whatever, it'll just sit in my library library, and I'll never watch it. Well, years later, I'm watching Curb Your Enthusiasm for the first time, and there's a season of Curb Your Enthusiasm that does the producers again um, with Mel Brooks in the season. I think it's season eight. um, We're essentially... Mel Brooks wants to make a stage version of the producers again and, but he wants to tank it so that he can you know, make make money he, it's very meta and the way he tanks it is by casting Larry David as Leo Bloom um, or as Bialystok, whatever, one of the two so like, I've seen that season of Kirby Enthusiasm and really liked it then found out, oh this is actually based off of an original Mel Brooks thing, this wasn't something that they came up with what an interesting idea, and then I think, um at that point, it was kind of on my radar, and then I heard somebody say that the movie was pretty good. I don't know which one they were referring to, but anyway, that my history is I've seen the Curb Your Enthusiasm season with this, and that's been it. So, um, did you guys remember that? Are you guys Curb fans? I've not seen Curb Your Enthusiasm. Not really. Um, I really like that season, and then like the next season, there was like a running joke where like um, Larry David was like he fell asleep during Hamilton, and so Lin Manuel is in that season, and then he like gets some tickets again. He just keeps on falling asleep during Hamilton. <laughs> I really like the seasons of Kirby enthusiasm that have a through line in them um, in November. Anyway, um, I think that's it. That's the, that's the entirety of my history of the movie. Oh, and then, yeah, just when we were on the podcast um, with Alice, Um, Alice convinced me to do the Nathan Lane instead of the Mel Brooks. And I was like, sure, why not? I don't care. Um, so especially since I already own that one, it's more true to the thing. So in that order, Joseph, the producers, 2005, did you like it? Love it? Hate it? Dislike it? Or think it's just okay. I
1: think I'm squarely in the just okay category, maybe a little bit closer to liked it than disliked it.
0: Okay. John.
2: Uh, I'm going to go low side of just okay. I think it just barely escaped. Didn't like it.
0: Um, I'm on the fence of didn't like it and it's just okay. Um, if If I'm going to pick one, it's going to be just okay. But like, I'm right on that line. Um, The movie ended. My wife asked me what I thought because she was kind of like in and out doing some stuff in the room. She's like, What'd you think of? I'm like, It is certainly one of the movies of all time. And uh, (laughs) of all the movies that
1: were ever made, this is most certainly one of them.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Like, that's kind of where I've left. I'm like, There's so much about this that I think works, but the the issues in this are so glaring. Um, Like, I think there's a lot about this movie that really works. But there's more that doesn't. Um, It did make me really intrigued to see the Mel Brooks version uh, because there's also a lot of this where I'm like, that feels like it was taken like that's Mel Brooks humor right there. Mm -hmm. So that feels like it was taken straight from the movie. But that means that that joke is from the movie, which I would probably be enjoying more now especially because also this movie is two hours and 10 minutes the original is like 98 minutes so there's an extra 30 minutes i'm just now realizing are probably from the songs but i was also watching it and i was like i feel like there's a lot of ways that this could have you know been expanded or added on to you know because it was making a movie instead of a stage play or whatever you know like like i was thinking there's the one song where he's trying to convince him to be a producer um
1: i think it's called we can do it. it
0: Yeah, we, we can do it where they leave the office and they're on the street doing the things. And I'm like, oh, yeah, easy. Like they just expanded this because mm-hmm. on a stage play, he would catch him before he left and it would still continue in the office. But anyway, um, I think there's so much about this movie that works and so much that doesn't, but mostly doesn't. Let's start with the songs. Is there a single good song in this whole movie?
1: I liked I Want to Be a Producer. I hated that song. But at the same time, it's one of those things like, I like it, but it doesn't really feel like it fits at the same time.
2: <laughs> it doesn't fit with his character, I don't think. I, I, I don't understand why his character's in that sort of st- sort of state of mind at that particular moment. It's such a weird thing to be saying or going through at that, that particular time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's because he's like, hard,
0: uh, no. This is then... the one. Are we referring to the one that's... It's Matthew Broderick leads, and he's the... He's he goes back to his boring job, yeah. And then he has the fantasy. Yeah, I hated that song. <laughs> yeah,
2: um, unhappy. Yeah, unhappy. I also
0: really hated this. The we can do it song. I thought it was terrible. Um, not for me. Let's let's rephrase it. Not for me. Um, uh, the intro song I actually liked, but like they they do that intro song in Caribbean enthusiasm. You know, like mm-hmm. it's the worst show in town. And I'm like, yeah, like that's that one's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but also it's got none of the leads in it. <laughs> um, yeah. I, yeah, true. I also um, there. I actually do think there was one song that I really liked. It was the a really ridiculous one. Um, I didn't like the first song with the um, director Roger. The I don't even remember the one that says "gay" like fifteen times a second. Um, make it gay. Make it gay. Yeah, make I didn't it, like that song. Gay. Although, like, I was expecting to be like, "Oh, that really like hasn't aged well or whatever." I didn't notice anything, but also I was like, it's not my place to say whether this is offensive or not. Um, but e- either way, um, the the there was another song they did later that I loved. Um, I'm trying to remember which one it was. Was it the one with the old ladies? Yes! Yes, the one where he's collecting all the money from the old ladies. I loved. That uh,
1: was by far, I think, the most clever number they had, especially with the way they used the walkers as like. Yes, the was. Oh, yeah, the, the dance sequence. I though. was that giggling was the good.
0: entire time. Um, yes, I really liked that sequence. Um, that one was really great to me. Um, even the even the springtime for Hitler song. Like I enjoyed it, but I didn't like love it. And it mm-hmm. also didn't really convince me that um if I were a member of that audience getting ready to leave, like I wasn't convinced that it had all of a sudden turned to satire. Like Yeah. The, sure, like, surely the, the director is playing this very flamboyant Hitler that is certainly like a kind of satirish, but it's like it doesn't change the content of thing. Like I,
1: I really feel like the choice, and this kind of goes back to the stage play that they made of this before they turned it in, the stage play into the, mu- the musical movie. The re- decision not to include the character of Lorenzo St. Bois, better probably known as LSD, in the movie, I feel like kind of hurt it a little bit. Because the fact that it's just like, you have somebody who's like that over the top. And that's kind of one reason why this movie didn't quite hit as well for me as the original Mel Brooks one is. Who's this character that
0: you're speaking for? Like, what is their in, role?
1: In the original role, he's... According to reading Wikipedia, he's a charismatic but only semi coherent flower power hippie who can barely remember his own name. And he's the one that gets cast as the role of Hitler in the movie.
2: I I think the reason he's cut is because the remake is set in the 50s, I think, Mm -hmm. and there
1: weren't hippies
2: in the 50s. I think that's something I read.
1: Yeah, I I could see that, but still, it's just one of those things where... And it, it, like I said, it's one of those things, the reason why I think I prefer the Mel Brooks one more so than this one is because the fact that Mel Brooks, you kind of go in, you understand how over the top this is going to be. He, you know he's going to exaggerate things in this for the sake of comedy. And some of the things that work well in the original just fall flat because of the fact that, they yes, they're trying to do the same thing, it just doesn't work.
2: Okay. Uh, Matthew Broderick's performance definitely uh, struck me that way with me yeah okay. it's like a lot of the lines he says that are gene wilder's lines in the original it's just his line delivery of them. yeah it's just not anything like the same kind of
1: emotion it's like matthew broderick um, i love you but no <laughs> since we're on the topic yeah, he, he's, I, he's I hated
0: not matthew broderick in this no. i was not a fan um, of him in this movie now i loved nathan lane uh, and i think that the two of them even worked well together but like the minute that it lost me was when he freaks out about the blinky um and he's like, yeah, like has that big freak out in the beginning of the movie. And well, it, it's even more so with Gene
2: Wilder in the original.
0: Well, and I feel like Gene Wilder will pull it off. Right? Oh, but, like, Gene oh, yeah, Wilder Matthew
2: pulls Project it off. Really Did
0: not, like, he, and here's the thing, too. If you were to tell him, if you were to show me the original and then say, oh, yeah, and we're thinking for this, for we're, we're going to remake it. We're going to do a musical. We're thinking Matthew Broderick. Lives, well, I'd probably be like, that sounds great. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's one of those on paper, I think, because it works, but it didn't work in actuality for me at yeah. all. Um, I think he's, I think he plays the insecure part of it really well, but like, he's also missing like some of the charm and charisma and, and the scenes where he like does the blank, the blankie thing just come off as like more annoying than anything. And I get like mm-hmm. the characters obviously supposed to be, like a bit annoying, but that was um I I I really really hated him. Yeah, uh, he I I think it was I think it was a great choice to cast, but it did not translate from the script and the direction to the screen. Um so can,
1: um, speaking of like casting that just didn't really feel like it worked for me what what you guys think of will ferrell's friends leapkin
0: actually really liked will ferrell i did not I, I thought he was amazing i did yeah. not
1: like him as friends leapkin at all oh wow to be fair I thought, I thought recently the will ferrell the film. recently will ferrell movies just kind of feel like they more great on me in a way and it's one of those things like, i didn't really know who the cast was in this movie aside from like i said nathan lane and matthew broderick Like I didn't really even catch that, even though she's on the poster, Uma Thurman is in this movie. Mm -hmm. So when we get to meet Franz and I'm like, wait, that's Will Ferrell. What the heck? (laughs) Um, Where did this come from? I think,
0: I think Will Ferrell understood the assignment and does it well um, because he is so campy and charismatic and cartoonish that he can't possibly be real. And I feel like that's the direction this whole movie should have gone. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, But then it feels like Matthew Broderick also kind of wants to ground it in reality, at least a little bit. Um, And that's why I think it is. I think the more cartoonish, and the more outlandish this movie gets, um, better it gets. Yeah, I I do
2: think Um, it's just great fun to watch Will Ferrell.
1: I I will say, I think my favorite parts uh, with Will Ferrell in it come near the very end, right where they're about to go into the play. And they do the song about you never say good luck on opening night. And he runs in, you hear a crash and you're like, are you okay?" It's like. I broke my leg. Oh, the
0: the line that slayed me was when he fell down the stairs. Later, he says, "I broke my other leg." I was about to get to that. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I thought both of those really were probably wrong.
1: the best parts about Will Ferrell in that movie.
0: Well, and and <laughs> when he's running around with the pistol and the crutch, trying mm-hmm. to get catch up the people, in the, uh, that was also
1: like my second was, favorite sequence in the movie. That would be my. Favorite. That would be up there in terms of sequences in this movie
2: um yeah there's there's a few jokes that work i Mm -hmm. I liked um the sign saying congratulations it's a hit which is Mm -hmm. like a parody of uh, congratulations it's a boy or it's Mm -hmm. a girl i thought that
1: was quite clever i do think Um, it was interesting to have blaylock i think that's how you pronounce his name i don't remember for sure bialystok that's how you pronounce it in this version of it it's like i don't know what happened we picked the wrong script we picked the wrong director we picked the wrong actor where do we go right I think that's a marked change of his character from the original because the fact that it's very still self-centered in the original at that point even though he's working with Leo Bloom. So and the original is like okay. I picked the wrong actor, the wrong play, the wrong director. Where did I go right? Do
2: you guys like Uma Thurman in this?
0: Nope.
1: No.
2: No, I didn't either. No. Um, I think her accent is terrible.
0: Okay, so here's my problem. My problem with her performance. Uh, first of all, she's fine. She's not bad. She's not aggressively bad or anything mm-hmm. like that. Like you know, I didn't. I didn't like her, but it's not Matthew Broderick. Um, her accent is so thick when she speaks, but then she sings and it like goes away.
2: Like mm-hmm. yeah, it's all over. the it's place. It's so
0: jarring. Yeah, and and even like mid lyric, like she'll have a really thick s- Swedish accent. Like she's barely can get a word out edgewise when she first meets. Um, you know, she doesn't understand anything, but 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 it's so hard. And I get right when you're singing, it's a lot harder to control accents. But I'm like, they really just need to find a middle ground. Yeah. Um. You know, and make her a little bit less. Again, like I'm all for more cartoonish, but yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I.
1: I mean, it's like I said. There's so many of the jokes in the original that actually kind of work, even though there's some things about that movie you're just like. Okay, looking back at that, that's definitely not aged well. They just, in this one, don't land.
2: The gay jokes, I think.
1: Yeah. not aged well. Yeah. No, I, I will there's a, say... There's a lot of them as well. Uh, the, the part, especially the keep it gay part, that really irked me, in a way, is just like they have all the people he's introducing that works for him. Yep. And the first two are like stereotypically like, okay, we have the biker guy from the village people. <laughs> It's like okay, that actually kind of worked. That's that's actually yep. kind of funny. Then they have the next person, which in my mind, for some reason, I joked. It's like I didn't know Elton John was in this film. <laughs> and then we got to the next one, which is the woman. I'm just like, and you ruined it. <laughs> you were you you went over the top. Where of they lost me and was then when lost they me.
2: said. Um, I think where they lost me was when they said uh, we've got to go back in the closet. Yes, yeah, yeah. that lost me a little that bit. Is, too. That is so on the nose. Yeah, it's a little too on the
1: nose.
0: Um, um, yeah. Um. Yeah, I th- I feel like this movie just is nobody kind of really knew. Like I feel like some like Will Ferrell knew, right? He signed up for a, a, an originally Mel Brooks project, and like the like director, I feel like wanted that, but doesn't feel like Matthew Broderick was the right choice. And Nathan Lane mm-hmm. I, is is really good at the comedic stuff. I think he's also playing it a little too straight man. Um, like I would like to see him be a little bit more cartoony, um, and. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think that um, Uma Thurman fits in with the two of them very well at all. I think there's a decent amount also that just feels so jarring. And I uh like the scene where um th- there's the scene where she walks in and, and yeah, it's right before that. They say, oh, surely there's not going to be something that comes in here next. And then it's going to drive us apart or whatever. You know, no, where this is going. They're both going to, ha- there's going to be a love triangle and either she's going to be interested in one or none of them. And, mm-hmm. you know, they're going to fight over her or whatnot. Yeah. And then like, aside from obviously the physical attraction like the next scene like she's only interested in Leo and Nathan Lane isn't really inter- in, interested in her anymore you know like it's not a thing and then and then there's a there's the trials the movie should have ended when he gets arrested like and and bloom went off to rio or whatever like that's where the movie should have ended um cuz every every second the movie dragged on after that i just loathe uh um, i think
2: they wanted a happy ending
0: Right. They wanted a happy ending, yeah. but like it just the whole doing the courtroom and showing Bloom in um, in Rio and all like it's, the movie really should have tried to wrap up as soon as they could after the show premiered and was a hit. So mm-hmm. I think you have the scene in the apartment. You could you could even you could turn it into a whatever, you know, maybe there's some random guy that they can pin all the blame on or whatever, you know, but fi- find a way to pin the blame on John Lovett somehow, you know. Uh, and uh, and get away with everything, still I be a
1: happy kind ending. kind of disagree with you a little bit on that, only because of the fact that I think the ending to the original was really good and just have it where maybe not have the whole betrayal number in there or the whole like, seg- like segment where you see Bloom and, and Rio. He comes to the courtroom, Leo comes back and basically has that whole thing where he basically talks about how much of a liar and a cheat this guy is, but how he still made him like changed him, but then just end it when they're in the prison, <laughs> just coming up with the play still haven't learned their lesson. And they're just in the prison.
2: Yep,
0: I think that's if there is a message to the movie, that's the message though, is the fact that they went to prison, didn't learn their lesson, got out and continued to be um cockroaches right in, mm-hmm. in the industry. Right. Like, The fact that the industry got them off or that they they cheated the system, got punished for it, but then didn't learn their lesson and even multiplied their wrongdoing. You know, he sold what, like 700 percent of the of the ownership of the of the play they were doing in prison. Right. Like clearly did wrong there and then is going to go do wrong again. Mm -hmm. Like if there is a message to this movie, it's that there are no consequences for people like this in Hollywood or Broadway. Uh, yeah, it's
2: it's a, just a sort of forced kind of happy ending. It's like the producers of the this film, uh, sort of saying, you know, "Oh, we we like these characters. We want to see them happy at the end." Right. You know, I like the have, characters, have but like there needs
0: to be prison. some justice happening. Anyway, it mm-hmm. so it's like, but it's a comedy. Whatever. So, if there is a message to the movie, it is that I don't know that the movie needs or is even trying to convey that message necessarily. Yeah. It's just trying to be fun. Um, but but yeah, I, I almost wish that was maybe a little bit more prominent yeah if they were gonna that's that's why i do like the the scene of them getting out of the prison because i'm like oh that's i don't think the movie is taking a stance but it also kind of is subconsciously taking Mm -hmm. a stance by the laxness (laughs) of them getting out of prison
1: i I will say that i think in a way i do kind of prefer how they get caught in this version of the movie compared to how they get caught in the original because in this one uh comes in tries to shoot them all and then uh i already forgot the character's name then uh Bialystok basically tries to convince him to go shoot the actors. Yeah. And then the cops show up. I actually kind of like that because that just is a, extending the comedy scene in that one.
0: Well, and again, like it's just it's showing that they're they're still bad people and mm-hmm. they're willing to do anything to you know, tank the production still even at the end when yeah. it's a hit, you know. And I mean, they uh, do that and
1: they do want to try to tank the production and stop it from continuing in the uh, original, but in that one they basically decide we're going to blow up the theater. And it turns into a whole thing where he, like <laughs> Lievkin lights the that. fuse and he just goes, gentlemen, we have a problem. I do not know if I use the short fuse or the long fuse. And that one kind of goes on for a little bit longer than I think it needs in the original. <laughs> but of course, like he lights this one thing they realize, oh yeah, it was a short fuse. And then they go, wait a second. And it just cuts to the theater exploding. Nice.
0: Yeah, I'm really interested cool. in a different movie like this, you know, because again, I really enjoyed that season of Curb Enthusiasm. I mean, we got to see it from the star's perspective, you know, where he, he's, he's out of the joke, you know, he doesn't know that he's, he's the thing that's going to tank this. Right. Um, But, you know, so like I I really like that season of Curb. So I think there's like the story here is certainly with, I'd be really interested to actually see the Mel Brooks one, but I don't think I'll ever visit this one again. Yeah. Um, I I don't know that I'll ever visit this one again. And I like, I, I will for sure watch the scene of the old ladies and the walkers and um maybe like maybe a couple scenes here or there but i don't know that i'll ever sit down and watch this in full again mm-hmm. um, but i would be happy to see the mel brooks version or if they were to announce um, another version of this coming out or if if a sta- if the stage play is coming relatively close to me like I'm not going to actively try to go to it, but hey, we got tickets. Do you want to come? Sure. Yeah. You know, like, like, I'd be interested in exploring... It kind of made me
2: want to see the stage play, watching this
0: one. I just, I don't like the songs enough. And I'm wondering if it was the, if it's actually the songbook or if it's just the the performers or if it's the direction or whatnot. I don't, I that's why I'm like, I'm almost hesitant. I don't really want
1: it. Like, that's why I'm like, I wouldn't seek out the stage show, but... If you haven't upon it, you wouldn't be upset.
0: Yeah. If I found myself in it, I wouldn't be opposed, you know? Um, but yeah, I think I'm out of things to say.
1: Yeah. The only thing I really want to add to this is that I find it kind of funny how it's a movie about two people trying to make a play that is purposely bad to where it loses money. And this movie actually was a commercial failure. <laughs> Oh, it didn't even it didn't even make its forty five million budget. It made thirty eight million worldwide.
0: That doesn't surprise me.
1: Well, it doesn't I surprise mean, me either. But at the same time, it's just like it, it's funny that okay, this the joke of this movies are trying to purposely make a bad bad play, and they didn't even make the money back for the movie.
0: I mean, we're not alone in right. not liking the yeah. Uh, the, it's it's got not great scores um across the board. So we're not alone in not liking it. And I'm sure like word of mouth didn't yeah. travel. And I'm like. I don't, I don't think this was a big enough IP, you know, like to, to, to carry it on namesake alone, you know, mm-hmm. like, I don't know that the, produ- like you think of Mel Brooks, you think of Spaceballs and blazing saddles and yeah. um, history of the world part one. And I, I, the producers is like the 10th thing that I think of. Mm-hmm. Um, so
1: Robin Hood, men in tights comes up first before I think of was... yeah,
0: young Frankenstein too. Yeah. Oh, right. Like there's plenty.
1: Oh, young Frankenstein. Yeah. I forgot about mm-hmm. that. Like, yeah, definitely
0: think of there's that 10 title 10 properties i think of before yeah. so it's not even the first gene wilder film yes yeah well i mean i haven't seen the original but you know again i don't i don't think if they were to come out with a new the producers again like i don't know that it has enough like the ip has enough weight that that would mean anything to a lot mm-hmm. of people so i'm not surprised it wasn't a um commercial success
1: yeah though i'll say john going back to talking about the, the gene wilder angle i think it's interesting how you have Gene, the four movies I think of when I think of Gene Wilder are this one, Young Frankenstein, Blazing Saddles, and Willy Wonka. And you have four drastically different characters in all four of those movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I I think it just kind of goes back to when we talked about Matthew Broderick just not working in this. Wilder had a range that Matthew Broderick could not match. No Matthew did.
0: Broderick is trying to like channel his Inspector Gadget role. But like for a more grown up audience, and mm-hmm. like, that's why I'm like I think on paper it really works. Yeah, like, I think I think it's a good choice. It just it just didn't translate well. Um, he came off as more annoying than anything. Like I didn't really want to root for him. I wanted to root mm-hmm. for Nathan Lane, but yeah um
2: which is weird because he's the sort of more unlikable the yeah kind of ab- he is absolutely the more, more yeah.
0: morally corrupt person
1: yeah probably my favorite point with nathan lane one last thing before we move on to the next thing is where he shows uh leo bloom his character shows leo bloom the safe and he starts walking away and leo Bloom's like how much of our how much of our money do we put in it? and he also has this like moment where he just loses it before he looks at him and just goes you don't know, put your own money on the show <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, that that was one joke that actually i thought worked.
1: Yeah, that that one worked very well for me sure
0: let's uh let's do the b plot then um uh, mm-hmm. we're gonna fantasy cast this movie uh this property sorry uh and i do want to start by asking um is there anything special about like are you doing a movie are you doing a play is it a musical is it not a musical are you doing a series like what what is your vision for doing the producers again
2: i would personally uh, i would probably make it a
1: musical you go like with a musical, musical film M- musical film yeah okay I was thinking I'd probably try to shy away from the musical angle. Just try to recapture the Mel Brooks. Everything is just over the top kind of thing, which might be interesting based on who I picked for the different roles, (laughs) whether or not it would work or not. I so
0: badly thought uh, about making this an animated project um, because I've, I've been talking about how I wish it was more cartoon and I just that was resonating with but I already picked some things, some things that I really love so I'm not gonna commit but I really did consider that. I'm doing a musical but I'm gonna make it like less I'm definitely gonna either cut or change a lot of the songs but I do want it to at least have some musical elements or where, you know where they can use it if they need but I don't want them to feel like it has to be adapted from this musical you know um i would say t- i would say take some elements that work and some that don't and you have to get at least one original song in there for an oscar nomination but mm-hmm. not so i'm doing a musical but i'm not making it based off of this one i'm just saying yeah even if you want to hire, hire com- you know, have completely new music
1: a musical number about how they got right how they went right
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah um let's i'll kick us off though. okay um Let's go, me, John, and then uh, Joseph. Um, for Max Bialystok, I picked him. He's kind of a sleazy person, um, you know, has no issues sleeping with older women. Since I am doing a musical, I did want somebody that could sing. Um, yeah. Uh, so I, I went with Charlie Day.
1: Okay. Hmm. Yeah, I can I'm see really that. happy with that choice. I, I can definitely see that.
0: I, I was like, I really wanted to put him in here. I don't know. I was like, I don't know. I I did consider him for Friends for a little bit, but um, I think he can pull off the sleazy really well, you know. Mm-hmm. And you know, he can be get a chance to kind of break out a little bit from his uh, you know, it's always sunny persona where he's like the you know the dumb like he can play other characters. He's done mm-hmm. it in horrible bosses, Pacific Rim. And he's in, he's the voice of um Benny in the Lego movie. I mean, I realize he's moat like he's still got the same voice. Um, anyway, just uh, yeah, I Charlie Day. Uh, John, uh,
2: I was just worried he might be a little bit old, but uh, I think actually he's about the same age as Charlie Day. Uh, Bradley Cooper. Okay. So yeah, he, he, he's had a few singing roles uh, in the past. He's sure. worked really well yeah. with Lady Gaga *Star is Born*. And um, who was he with in *Silver Linings Uh Jennifer Lawrence. Jennifer Lawrence, yes. Uh, so yeah, he, he works just well into the sort of like uh, the sort of charming kind of roles uh, that he would sort of have to pull a pull off uh, to charm leo into working with him uh, and also can sing as well
1: yeah yeah joseph i'm actually kind of concerned with who i picked for this because of the fact that i'm hearing you guys talk about it, i'm like that's those are actually pretty good uh but i think especially because i'm not going the musical route and i'm definitely feeling like bialystog needs to be kind of more the straight man of the two when it comes to him and leo bloom i decided to go with russell crowe because I feel like he he does have the comedy chops where he's playing the straight man in an absolutely bizarre situation, and I think sure. that would just kind of work for this.
0: I mean, he also like can sing.
1: He can sing, even even though I'm not going the musical route in my my, in my thinking. Him playing the straight man in the absurd situation does work well for what I'm going with. Okay,
0: yeah, no, I I, I, I buy into it. Um. Yeah, I'm mostly just thinking. I picked a lot of comedians, or at least people I can, know can do comedy, because I still want it to mm-hmm. feel that Mel Brooksy, and I want it to, I want it to have that Mel Brooks punch to it. You know, mm-hmm. still So for Leo Bloom, I picked Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Um, the man is a showman, and it's ridiculous that we haven't really got a chance to see him showcase that talent yeah, yet. We, like, we need more
1: Joseph Gordon-Levitt. After how
0: before. has he not led a musical yep. yet? Um, so. Good question. Yeah. Like I know, yeah. like he's done. He's done musical things, um, but like, how has he not, you know, been in a Damien Chazelle movie? You know, uh, anyway, or a adaptation of whatever's popular. Anyway, um, yeah. And I also think that um, he can bring that kind of innocence to the Bloom role. You know, I think he can do both. And I think, you know, when he needs to freak out about the the blanket and it being a comfort, I think it's. I think he would, he would pull it off really. Yeah. Yep. Um, John.
2: Uh, I went with Andrew Garfield. Um... Yeah. A little, little bit of an age gap between him and Bradley Cooper, but yeah, uh, yeah he, we, he can sing as well. We tick, tick, boom. Mm-hmm. Um, we know he can work uh, well in high emotional sort of scenes. Uh, he, he works well off of other characters, you know, his chemistry with um, Gwen Stacy and the amazing Spider-Man films. Probably the only really good thing about those films. Um, Where's that mute up? button?
1: <laughs> 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 okay, John, it was nice talking to you. Uh, uh, is uh, that a hot take? <laughs>
0: No, it's not a hot take. It's the
1: wrong right. take, though.
2: Oh, it's a wrong take. Okay, uh, but yeah, I, I feel bad for him that those films uh, were not more successful, really, because uh, he was really good in them.
0: I love that they're finally getting yeah. like their yeah. justice after you know. With the... I love that people were so happy to see him back in No Way Home, as opposed to you know. Oh yeah. If Tobey Maguire would have showed up in the Amazing Spider-Man, people would have hated it because it was way too soon from Spider-Man. 3. We've all kind of forgotten yeah. about that one. We were happy. To see Ooh, I wasn't. There. But uh, Joseph, who do you have for um, Leo?
1: I was honestly wondering, Aaron, if you were going to get the direction I was going. This is the fact I picked uh, Russell Crowe for Max Bialystock mm-hmm. but I'm going with Ryan Gosling.
0: As soon as you said, I was wondering. To make sure. <laughs> yes.
1: I mean, like it's it, it's basically the nice guys. Russell Crowe okay. is the straight man. So Margaret Qualley's playing Ula, and uh... <laughs> no, I promise is the only uh, nice guys combination I have here. So hey, it's welcome. I
0: watched that movie again this week, and I I, I need to know. watch it
1: again. It's so fun. And like I said, Ryan Gosling, I think definitely could play off the more comedy role that you need for Leo Bloom. Even if I do think he needs to, he would probably want to make, or I think in this case, he would need to make it more subdued than we see from either uh, Gene Wilder or Matthew Broderick. Towards like he still is, I don't know if I want to say the term is neurotic or not, but he still has those kind of more absurd things about him, but it's still more subdued than what we've already seen.
0: Okay. Oh, okay. For Ula, um, I had a really hard time picking this one because I really wanted to try some pick somebody that I think could do, like, foreign. Um, I don't know that we need it, though. Does Ula need to be foreign, or can she just be, came from out of town, and is, like, came from small town and is just trying to make it big? So I'm going to remove the foreign aspect to her character.
1: I would agree. Um, I hadn't even
0: thought of that. Like, she doesn't Damn. need to be foreign, right? Um, you know, because she could be, like, foreign, like, from Nebraska moved to New York, you know? Um, I don't know why I'm picking on Nebraska this week, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> I mean, have you um, seen their football team? <laughs> uh, they deserve it. Can't say I have. So, so, anyway, I thought, like, why not? Like, it, it doesn't need to be foreign. Like, you could have you kind of the ignorance of the small town. Almost like, uh, oh, this would have been a good pick. Um, it's not the one I picked, though, but... um almost like an unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt kind of thing where like just that that whole ignorance, like you could still have the, you know, the ignorance and the like sexy and whatnot. So it doesn't just, she doesn't have to be foreign to, um, so Anna Kendrick, um, okay. I, I really like her. She can sing. Um, I think she's one of the funniest people. Um, you know, she has good chemistry with Joseph Gordon-Levitt. If you've seen 50, you know, yeah, I,
2: picked Anna Kendrick. I have seen 50, 50. I don't remember that.
0: Yeah, um, it's there's a it's him and Seth Rogen, and then she she's like the love interest. She's like his like counselor. Oh, right. They're like on and off for a bit. Anyway, um, yeah. Anyway, so again, I I wanted a really funny woman that could also play the sexy part and can sing. You know, Mm -hmm. I think Anna Kendrick is hilarious. And again, I I'm more concerned about the comedy than anything. So right. Um, and again, I just don't I don't see a need for her to be. Um, foreign, but she make she could do a, an accent, I'm sure. But uh, John, who's your Ula? Uh,
2: Emma Stone. Sure. Uh, I, I just thought that fit. You know, she, obviously we know that she can work with Andrew Garfield. Heck yeah. Uh, uh, the, the, their scenes were incredible in those films. Mm-hmm. Um, we know that she can sing. She's La La Land. Uh, and um, I hadn't even thought of the fact that she would have to be. She didn't have to be Swedish. So I was thinking, you know, could she do an accent? she I've could never ha- seen her she do a could Swedish do. accent, but she probably could do a Swedish accent.
0: Does she have an accent in The Favorite?
2: Yeah, she she has to yeah. I think I read uh, she had to audition for The Favorite even though she's a huge name actor because yeah. they weren't sure she could do an English accent.
0: She's going to win an Oscar this year for a poor thing. If Twitter is she's going to win an Oscar this year again. Oh, really? So. Okay. She's apparently remarkable. So, I and mean, she already has one for La La Land. Another. Yeah, she has. But that's is that supporting or lead? It was one best picture for La La Land. Should have um <laughs> but yeah, no, she uh she's going to win an Oscar again this year if if uh if stuff is going to go the way that Twitter uh, and the good Twitter, you know, films with
1: Joseph Ula. I'm, I had an idea and I'm starting to kind of rethink it because now I'm debating between two people possibly
0: Mm -hmm. pick one.
1: I, I I'm kind of going the Barbie connection now because Ryan Gosling's in Barbie, but I think I'm going to go with Kate McKinnon.
0: Yeah. She's hilarious.
1: Yeah. She's funny. And I feel like just her being in that role might actually be good. Like really funny. Not in the sense of like her Saturday night live work, but more in just let her kind of stretch her legs into more of a entirely different role. That's more centered on something. And okay. I, I do think she would probably work in the role in the role. I was debating between her and Margot Robbie, but I think Kate McKinnon would work I, better for that. That would be fine. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, all right. Now we get to some really fun casts. Uh, not that they haven't all been fun, but man, like you get to pick some really outlandish uh, Franz Liebkind. Um, by the way, I know John has mentioned this a couple of times about his picks. I was not concerned about age at all. Um, so okay. I don't care if they... Like, I know Joseph Gwynn-Levitt and Andy Kendrick about this. That's really the thing that matters. So I'm defi- definitely for Roger and Carmen, I'm um, aging them up. But for Franz, I just thought it would be really fun to see Lin-Manuel Miranda in that role.
1: <laughs> That's a choice. I mean, look,
0: if, if you're going to make a musical in 2023, you have to have Lin-Manuel in it somewhere, right? And, like, it just... I want to see him do the the the, the German dance. Like, That's not how you do this, you know. <laughs> but you know what? Also, screw. Like, we could bring Will Ferrell back to do the role again. That's fine. Yeah, but I just thought, you know what? Lin Manuel I think could have some fun, and it's kind of an out of out of the box for him, you know, because mm-hmm. he's he's the dramatic. he's got comedy jobs, and, and like, kind of the point. Like, like he's not supposed to. He's not supposed to necessarily... The character Franz isn't necessarily supposed to be a good singer, so it might be fun to see Lin-Manuel do, like, a not-good singer. Um,
2: uh, John? Uh, you may not have heard of this guy, Lee Evans. He's uh, yeah. mostly known for his stand-up comedy in this country. Um, oddly enough, he has worked with uh, Nathan Lane in the past uh, in a film called Mouse Hunt. Yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah. that's right. We, uh, did, we covered Mouse Hunt on the
0: podcast when. Uh, oh right, okay. With Ian.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, I mainly know him for his stand-up, and it, it's very sort of physical and uh, yeah, visual the way hilarious. he sort of mimes yeah. things out. He's, he's kind of um, kind of got a Jim Carrey sort of vibe to his style of comedy. So I, I think that would work for like like you said, Aaron, that doing the dance sequence. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if he could do a German accent. That's <sighs> the only problem I would have. Yeah
1: I mean, I think at this point we don't really need to worry about that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. I, again, it's 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 partly like it's a bad German. Like it's it doesn't have to be a good German accent. I'm going for cartoony and outlandish. So you know, I want I want I would love the director. And we'll get to this later. I would love a director that just lets the people improvise mm-hmm. um, and make the silliest thing you've ever seen.
1: Joseph Franz. I decided to kind of just go with the role because of the fact that. He's already played a caricature. Oh god, I'm going down this road again. He's already played a caricature of Hitler. Mm-hmm. I'm going with Taiko Waititi. Sure. Because of the fact that, like I said, he's already kind of done that where he's done the comedic character of a Nazi. And him going down that route again would be kind of interesting to see, especially because of the fact that him it would be funny to see him get cast as Hitler.
0: <laughs> <laughs> By not himself, yeah.
1: By not himself, yes.
0: All right, on to Roger Debris. Roger is the director of the film. Mm-hmm. Um I thought who was the who was the wildest person who's the wildest actor out there with with a bunch of range and a bunch of flair and I just got stuck on the idea of Tim Curry in this role and uh, would like to submit Tim Curry for Roger Dupree. <laughs> I had another person in mind that I'm actually made Carmen um, because I didn't believe that person could. You know, could could also pull off the last minute place Hitler, but can mm-hmm. you imagine Tim Curry in that role? Um, yeah. I'm, I'm just imagining I'm for sure. some reason.
1: For some reason, I'm imagining Tim Curry when he was in the game Command and Conquer as the, the Soviet leader. I just he's delightful. Uh,
0: John, who did you pick for Roger?
2: Yeah. Uh, ben Stiller. I'm just thinking of his uh, performance <laughs> in Zoolander. I
1: similar kind of. <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now, I actually almost was thinking Ben Stiller as well. I went with a different route, but I like that one.
0: Yeah. What'd you go with Joseph?
1: I went with Sasha Baron Cohen. Yeah. Because he already awesome. does a lot of that stuff where he plays really absurd characters.
0: Yeah. Uh, for the character of Carmen, that's like the number two to Roger. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the person that I initially thought of as Roger, but I did demote to Carmen. Um. I just I love Danny DeVito so much, and he really feels like he belongs in a Mel Brooks.
1: <laughs> I love
0: that! Wow! Oh, I want
2: to see that! Yeah, can,
1: can we? Can I go that back and suggest for Roger instead of Tim Curry, you go with Arnold Schwarzenegger? <laughs>
0: <laughs> just. No, if anything, I'd put Schwarzenegger in the Franz role. Uh, yeah. <laughs> or could definitely get the accent right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah no, seen. I would just, I would love to see Danny like that moment where he's like, "And bring my glorious Swanson moat." Like, I would love to see Danny DeVito. Aha! Got it. Like, like I want him to channel all of his "It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia" combined with the Penguin and Batman Returns. <laughs> oh, and flare all that up. Um, oh yes, I think that John. Who did you pick so for far. Carmen?
2: Uh, just going down the Zoolander route again. I went. I went with Owen Wilson.
0: Yeah, sure. Why not?
2: Yeah, just wow. again based on their the chemistry in that film, uh, him and Ben. Still, just... yeah, I think that that would work uh, just as well in this film.
1: Aaron, you said that, and now I'm just imagining him in the role. And Max and Leo have like walked into the place where the director lives, and it's just Owen Wilson takes the little like eyeglass that's around the guy around his neck, puts it over his eye, and just wow. <laughs> just, in my head now. <laughs> uh, yeah.
0: Joseph, who did you pick yeah. for Carmen?
1: I kind of took a curveball on this one. Mm-hmm. I decided to go with Andy Samberg. He's yeah. easily yeah. one of the best comic, comic actors of today. And just, I think he would just add a layer to that that you would not expect him to do.
0: I agree. All right, so um, tying it all together is the writer and director. I have one person writing and directing. Um, let me say, let me just tell you my honorable mention for this. I really thought about James Gunn um, doing um,
1: that. Would be an interesting poll.
0: Um, yeah, but then I had an idea. Um, so, I I just think Paul Feig is the right guy for this. Um, I feel like he he could do the Mel Brooks-y, like Im- Mel Brooks comedy imitation really well. And have you guys seen a simple favor, the Anna Kendrick, Blake Lively psychological thriller that he directed? I have not,
1: but I've really been meaning to.
0: So first of all, um, Paul Feig can do comedy. He did uh, Bridesmaids, which I don't particularly enjoy. He did Heat, he did Spy. Um, he's done he's done a good amount, and not only that, but he's he started off um, acting in. Uh, um, he started off acting like he's, he's an actor in heavyweights, which I watched again. Recently. Um, so he, he started off doing some comedy acting. So he's, 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 he's written and directed a lot of clever comedy. So I think he could do the, that's the first, but in a simple favor, um, first of all, the movie's really good, but there's actually an, like an alternate ending that is a musical number. And it's really great. Um, I think Paul Feig is the sort of thing. Okay. Uh, that's what I'm going with. You, you, and I almost went with James Gunn. Um, actually, when I was toying about making this uh, animated, um, I was going to have James Gunn write the screenplay and Andrew Stanton, who directed Wally. I was going to have him direct it, but then I went away from animated. Okay. I'm landing on Paul Feig. John, who who is, who is uh, making your film?
2: Lin-Marwell Miranda. Sure.
0: Sure.
1: Yeah, can do it. That makes sense. Yep.
2: again we're, with Andrew, Andrew Garfield in uh, Tick Tick Boom uh, we know he can write music we know he can compose, we know he can sing although I wouldn't need to sing if he was directing uh, he could He, yeah, could he cameo, he could He could play
0: the John Lovitz character, you know because yeah. oh, yeah. that's just one scene
2: but, yeah, I, I've got him as the director and the writer so yeah. cheated a but I'm saying
0: you could like, put him in a cameo kind of like how he's in, in the heights and he's you know, the, the ice cream man or whatever.
2: Oh, yeah, that that
0: could work, yeah. Yeah, you just give him, like, he, he would put himself in there, but in a small.
2: But yeah, he, he could write the songs that,
0: uh. Oh, he would for he, sure, yeah. yeah. Do it all. Um, Joseph, who's tying your film together?
1: I think I'm gonna make a choice with this one. Mm-hmm. And I say it that way because of the fact that it's definitely going to be a choice because of the fact that it would either work extremely well or it would be the worst thing you have ever seen put to film. Mm hmm. But I'm thinking of a tag team duo between Taika Waititi and Sasha Baron Cohen. Because if I'm right, they both have written and directed a lot of different things. Have so, they ever to worked together? I don't think they've ever worked together. I'm not
0: sure. I'm
1: just, I, I don't remember Baron. if Sasha Baron Cohen has ever directed. And I'm kind of looking at his IMDb now. He's worked as a writer. Yeah. And as an actor. Didn't he direct Borat? No. No, he's just
0: credit is as i think he's, he's definitely credited as a writer on those but that's cuz so much of that movie's improv but mm-hmm. i think he's also directed like written yeah. like helped write things like how, um, how can you say he didn't direct Borat? cuz
2: he's like it's all improv in those he yeah, only yeah, directed
0: right, he's two episodes of something called uh who is america that, okay um but yeah borat was directed by Harry charles uh and yeah I don't borat, even know that subsequent movie film was mm-hmm. directed by jason Two people I don't know, but made movies that I love.
1: Yeah. But yeah, I I feel like, uh, I don't know why, but I just want to uh, see Larry what Larry Charles happened. is a
0: Seinfeld guy.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, I just want to see what would happen if you took Taika Waititi, Sasha Baron Cohen, and basically said, okay, you both are going to write and direct this movie. <laughs> like I said, either it would be amazing or it would be terrible. There is no in-between. <sighs>
0: I mean, he could.
1: I'm not saying they couldn't. I'm just saying I don't know if it. Oh my gosh, this makes too go. much
0: sense. Okay, <laughs> so the guy that directed the first Borat was a Seinfeld guy, right? Yeah. He did a lot of Seinfeld. The guy that did Borat two is a uh, is a director on What We Do in the Shadows show and Nathan for you. That makes just too much sense.
1: It really does kind of make too much sense. It's just nowhere near as um, good. It has
0: Yeah, we'll do it. Um, let us know in the replies to um, Twitter threads, Blue Sky, Instagram, wherever you're seeing this um, this this episode posted. Whatever social media is you use, um, let us know what you um, what what your favorite fantasy cast is, or come up with one yourself and reply. Would really I really love reading when people submit their own um, to to kind of see. So I uh, would really appreciate um, seeing that. Just reply to this hip hop post. Um, that just leaves a spinoff for us to do uh what is that one thing in any area of pop culture you want to tell everybody to check out or to stay away from let's go in reverse order kind of uh, or let's do let's go joseph and then i'll go john you'll wrap us up uh joseph
1: well i'm kind of weighing on like a couple of things that i'm thinking about that i want to recommend pressure <laughs> i know uh i think i'll go with a musical okay that i have uh, like i had listened to the music for already but then i've uh, noticed that this is from back in 2021. Uh, they actually have an Apple TV. Uh, it's on Apple TV where they actually did the same thing I like with Hamilton, where they recorded the Broadway show. I know you're going with this, and it's great. It's Come From Away.
0: Yeah, that show's great.
1: It's a very fun show, and I, I kind of decided to watch it because of the fact that, obviously, as we're recording this, the Monday before this was the anniversary of one of the worst events that has ever happened in American history in my lifetime. And Come From Away discusses that but in a sense of people who are essentially stuck in a place where they don't obviously they still don't they don't know all the details as the characters and they're basically being funneled into a small town in newfoundland and gander and it's one of those things where the dealing with the chaos of the aftermath and just obviously seeing all these characters coming together dealing with the tragedy but also in, in many ways, growing into something better about themselves and meeting new people and becoming friends with the people on the island generally speaks to me in a really good way. Because the fact that it's one of those things where even in the darkest times, there's just that light that we just need to remember is there, and that's kind of that's kind of why I want to say I would recommend to uh, come from away because it just it does it so perfectly. It still handles the tragedy that occurred that day, but it also brings in joy.
0: Come From Away is great. Um, mm-hmm. I've seen it live and um, on Apple TV. It's awesome. Um, it's really fun. I have
2: Apple TV now, so I'm going to have to check
0: mm-hmm. that out. I, I mean, I, w- I would be curious. I don't know if their content differs stateside, like stateside versus international. You, you might want to check. I don't think have. it does. Yeah, I, I wouldn't doubt it was because mm-hmm. they only do original content, but I don't think that's something they made. I think that's something they bought the mission rights to. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, yeah. it's really good. It's pretty brisk. Um, yeah. Based on a true story, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go in the middle here. Um, I, I have this group of guys that meets, uh, we meet on Monday nights and I, uh, and we, um, we watch a movie. Um, and it's typically one that's like, we, yeah you know, one of us loves this movie and we're showing it to other people. So somebody, um, exposed me to this film that came out in 2021. Um, it's on Hulu. It's called all my friends hate me. Um, and I am saying I did not like this movie, but I think there's going to be a lot of people that would, um, the it's, it's, it's quote unquote, a black comedy. Um, I think it's more of like a wannabe psychological thriller with a comedy element back. Like it's, it doesn't have a lot of haha moments or even a lot of like black comedy moments. Um, it's a very bleak film. It's essentially this guy goes up to reconnect with some college friends five years after they graduate or so and um, to celebrate a birthday. But like his friends are treating him pretty poorly and he's having like anxiety attacks. And there's this person that they brought home from the bar that is giving real creepy sketch vibes. It's essentially, I think this, this concept came from this, from the whoever wrote the screenplay, just reconnecting with college friends and just believing that nobody actually liked him um it's look it's millennial midlife crisis porn is what it is um i really didn't like this movie but i'm sure there are going to be people that like it and or that watch it and really like it because somebody showed it to me that really liked it and it's like look i don't i don't like movies that do that or that are that feel meta in that kind of way or really it really feels like the writer was going through like uh like their own therapy session watching this i I did not enjoy it um very much at all so I am personally warning it but if you are interested in a concept like that I think you can enjoy it. I think it's I think it's a it's it's got similar energy to something like bodies 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 which is a movie that I love but it's um I did not like this. um I think it's competently made I think that's worth saying that's why I think some people will still like uh, you, either of you heard of this movie no't nope. think
2: I have not, no never heard of it it okay. sounds quite relatable mm-hmm. the way you describe it.
0: Oh, and Yeah. And I'm sure a lot of people will relate to it, but like, I don't think there's any use in wallowing in that thought or anything like that, you know? Um, but I realize like, that's something that a lot of people struggle with, you know, do my friends actually like me or well, but I don't think that's worth yeah, wallowing. I don't think it's worth staying on. for. Anyway, I, I did not personally enjoy the film, but, um, if you, if you disagree with a lot of my takes, then, um, you know. And, and it, also, okay. it also feels like wannabe A24 horror too. Um, but it's not distributed by A24. Uh, it feels like an audition movie for somebody that wants to make it. Uh, John, what are you going to wrap us up with?
2: I'm going to recommend a series which is on Disney Plus in this country, and I think it's on Hulu uh, over there. It's called The Bear. Yep. Oh, um, I've heard a lot and, of things yeah, about The Bear. I, I thought so. And... Uh, I, this was all over Disney Plus uh, when the second season dropped uh, mm-hmm. a couple of months ago, mm-hmm. and I, I didn't know anything about this series uh, when I first started watching. Uh, I just clicked on it, and I was immediately like, oh, it's about a guy who runs a restaurant, and mm-hmm. it's sort of like, sort of all, all the sort of real uh, sort of feelings of uh, like what it's like to work there, and just for context I've worked in a kitchen for over 15 years so this is kind of relatable to me sort of like the, the the pure anxiety you, you feel when you try to run a, a restaurant and get everything out there uh, as quickly as possible uh, it's it just feels so real to me this is so relatable to what it's actually uh, sort of like and I, I like the fact that it's it's obviously trying to be a comedy but also at the same time it's a drama at the same time it's a dramedy basically yeah. i actually prefer it when comedy when you, when you're going for an element of comedy you're not trying to force jokes in there like every minute or anything. You, you're telling your story and you're just getting jokes in there uh when it feels natural when it just so uh, I, I i like that it's got that sort of mix in there it's got a great range of characters Uh, the cast is amazing they've actually got a really stacked cast for certain episodes uh, of this show Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, some some quite relatable characters this there's there's some really good uh, character arcs particularly uh, over the course of the second season I thought um, where where you really start to care a lot more and, and you actually start to really Um, uh, root for the characters a lot more because I think there's there's a couple of characters in this you really don't like at the start but then they start to grow a little bit and you're like yes now 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 I I, want to see them succeed I want to see them do something Uh, I will say that uh, the first season is a little bit all over the map in terms of its narrative it's you're kind of not quite sure where it's going and then the second season actually sort of feels much more like a logical starting point for a storyline and for for where the characters uh, need to go um there's a want episode i think in the first season it was really fascinating it really captured sort of anxiety of running a kitchen you know there's a lot of orders coming in all at once and um there's also a flashback episode in the second season which incredible cast again it's so compelling uh, the character dynamics but yeah yeah the, the story in particular in the second season are really interesting and i cannot wait for that season whenever that is you know I don't know if there are strike complications with that show, probably. Uh, yeah, it hasn't
0: uh, officially been renewed for season three because oh, of the strike, but oh it is dude, wildly Jesus. popular here in America as well. There is not a oh, right, chance okay, that good. even if Hulu doesn't pick it up, there's not a chance that Showtime or HBO doesn't try to get it, mm-hmm. um, oh, right, good. but yeah. it will get more seasons. It's it Season one was really popular. Season two, like it, it's season one only came out like last year. Like it was a really quick turnaround. Oh, this is a new one. Yeah. So yeah. season two was this year and season yeah. one was like last year. Yeah. So it's... Um, yeah, I knew
2: it had to be fairly new because it just dropped season two on Disney Plus. Like yeah. A
0: but either way, it's it's wildly popular here in the States. Um, so I would be really surprised if they don't option for a season three. I think that's just because of the writer's strike. They haven't yet. Right. Uh, I don't but think... Yeah, I don't think they're greenlighting much of anything right yeah.
2: now. Having worked in a kitchen for 15 years, I can tell you this is very real. The show mm-hmm. this is very true to well, life.
0: And one thing too, yeah. um, first of all, the show is super real. Like even terminology, right? Like hands, yeah and behind and sharpen things like that you'll hear that stuff all the time right and 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 hearing the ticket printer go off and you're like oh damn ptsd right and then uh but also like and and even like drinking out of like court soup containers you know drinking water out of those like it it all it all feels so like real and authentic right but like let me tell you as somebody who grew up in the suburbs of chicago if you've seen the bear you've been to chicago (laughs) like It's so authentically Chicago. It's great. Um, wow. Okay. Like there's wow. lots of things, you know, from the way that they, you know, talk about the Cubs and the White Sox, well, even the way people talk, the way people interact, just the way the kind of community is, it's not a great place either, you know, like their particular street, super authentic yep. uh, Yeah.
1: I was about to say, I just decided to up my uh, subscription with uh, Disney Plus to be the Disney Plus, Hulu, uh, ESPN Plus bundle. So I might have to uh, cross the bear off my list. The bear should be the first thing you watch on yeah, yeah, um, definitely.
0: And probably not a hot take, um, but I f- people talk so much about the episode you're referring to, John, in season two—the one with all the cast. The yeah. next episode is better.
2: Um, I'm trying to remember which one that was now.
0: Um, that's the one. Oh, is that the one where he goes to the fancy restaurants? Yes
2: yeah oh yeah yeah I, I actually agree
0: that episode is it should have been the highlight it should have been the one that everybody was talking about um but because it doesn't feature a ton of cameo it's not um no of course um but people were still talking about it anyway there's <laughs> great um that's a wrap remember you can follow john um and uh joseph on the place they mentioned at the top of the show i'll have um some letterbox handles linked or uh, typed out in the episode description um and you can follow me on twitter letterbox blue sky threads if i'm worth finding somewhere i'm uh you can find me at Castle. Uh, quick reminder that Sif Pop Writers Room is part of the Studio DNA Network. You can check out other great shows at StudioDNA.media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. If you are interested in uh, writing for SifPop.com, you want to get in contact with the show, send some feedback, questions to explore in the B-Plot, then email writersroom at SifPop.com. And please don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes or Spotify if you're listening over on those platforms. Next week, Robert and Heath are joining me to talk about Monty Python's meaning of life, um, which I'm really excited about. And in two weeks, uh, Phil mentioned earlier, Contact um, and District Nine. We'll be watching both of those. Uh, Jeff and Jonathan will be joining me for that. So, lots of good stuff coming up here, uh, guys. Thank you for taking time out of your Sunday to um, take time out of watching NFL and uh, uh, or the new season of Walk on the Wrexham, Whatever you're watching, uh, to, to there's only one episode. Don't, but, don't
1: tell me of another series I need to watch. Behind, I need to get. If to you go.
0: like soccer, um, Walk on the Wrexham is great.
1: Uh, I, I, or if I you like, care
0: about Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney.
1: I was about to say I like love Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhaney, so I think that would be the main reason I would go.
0: It's a super endearing show. Mm-hmm. Um, it's super genuine. So,
1: and the second season will have a happy ending, and apparently
0: the out. third, right? Hey, not I'm the way not the season's going at the moment. Actually. Don't don't spoilers for going. Like that, so. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, um, it, it, it it
2: actually involves the team that I live like ten minute walk from. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah, so uh, it, it's going to be quite relatable. <laughs> so, <laughs> quite hit quite close to home that third season, I
0: think. Uh, <laughs> nice. So um, next week, uh, Robert and Heath, Meaning of Life. We will see you guys uh, back.